Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Today's episode of What Happened When is brought to you by SaveCade.com. If you're a renter, I've got a question for you. After all of those payments, what have you got to show for it? I mean, if you could buy a house for roughly what you're paying in rent, why wouldn't you? SaveCade.com makes this process fast and easy. You don't need perfect credit. Even credit scores in the 500s will qualify. But maybe best of all, you don't need any money out of pocket. You couldn't even go find an apartment that cheap. You'd have to pay your first month's rent, your last month's rent, and a security deposit. But you get a great tax deduction. You see all the mortgage interest you pay, you get a check back at the end of the year for what do you get back for your rent? Nothing. You know what else you don't get? Any appreciation. You see, right now, home values are on the rise. Your landlord is going to be worth more next year than he is this year. And you're helping him pay it off. Why don't you pay something off for your family? Why don't you experience that appreciation and grow your wealth? Why don't you get that big tax deduction? First Family can make it happen for you right now at SaveK.com. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. So what are you waiting for? Find out how easy it is to own your very own home right now at SaveK.com. That's S-A-V-E-C-A-D-E.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Shivani, StarCast was incredible. Did you go? Maybe you did, and you didn't get to see everything you wanted to see. Or maybe you missed it, and there's that one part that you wanted to be a part of. Well, we've got great news for you. It's StarCast a la carte. Yes! StarCast a la carte. Starting at just $4.99, you can see a program you missed or maybe one that you wanted to see again. Hey, Conrad and I had a blast bringing What Happened When to StarCast. And who knew that I could sing that well? Or who knew what really happened between Tommy Young and the Barbarian? To be a part of an event that will be talked about for years to come, go to fight.tv and check out all the shows that you can order, all a la carte. Once again, go to fight.tv. Prices start at only $4.99. And thanks very much for being a slapdick. And thanks very much for your great response to StarCast in Chicago during All-In Weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Welcome to WHW Monday. Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson. Jim Crow. 
bucket for Starcade, 605 NWA, TV title, Cajun Omni, the Bunkhouse Stampede, Flair and Horseman, Garvin, Bogey, Magnum, Dusty, Express Tactics, Turner, Bond, and Mid-South Joint World Championship Wrestling. Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA and Jim Crockett Promotions. Tony and Friends North, they win, look, Shivani's back again, World Title Split, Off Center Stage, Bischoff, Disney, Hogan, and Nitro, New World Order, and the Crow, Thunder Russo, Arquette Champ, Vinny Mac, Simulcast, Tony's back with Conrad, Not Your Classy Podcast, Watch Along, Try Not To Laugh, Lois Rules, Cat Bass, This Wasn't The Initial Plan, Tom Ziggs, A Good Looking Man, Quadlike Bill, Make A Tip, Tommy, You Come Over Here, What Happened When, WHW Monday, And Now, Let's Go To The Ring, And Here's Your Co-Host, Hey Hey, It's Conrad Thompson, It's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When with Tony Schiavone. Tony, how are you? I'm fine, Conrad. It's very good talking to you on this wonderful September morn. We danced until the night became a brand new day. Two lovers playing scenes from some romantic play. September morning always seemed to feel that way. Thank you for serenading me to get our day started. I appreciate you having me. I hope you enjoyed a fine weekend. I heard that both of our teams had nice showings this weekend and both came away with W's, which is more than we can say for Auburn or Ole Miss. <laughs> Auburn. They lost to there. LSU and Coach I'm pretty excited to be covering today's show, which will be WCW Fall Brawl 1998. And I'm so excited because you picked it and I literally just did it with Eric Bischoff. So mm. we talked about the behind the scenes and we did it very seriously. And now mm. we're ready to make fun of it and shit mm. on everything. Mm. I'm ready. To love, get, I'm ready I to love get, shitting on everything. That's what Lois tells me. She says that you've never been constipated, that you can mm. just shit whenever. Yeah, I, I can shit on the call. You know, uh, I'd also uh, like to say that uh, I've had a, a lot of fun reminiscing about Fall Brawl 1998. and uh, No, you haven't. This is a horrible shit show, and I can't wait to make fun of it. Also, it was kind of voted on by our patrons. And we love everyone on Patron, and hopefully yes, you're considering being on Patron because there's lots of silly bonus content over there. Check it out at patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. Right. We're having a great time on Patron. Where you can tell that I've already had some Patron today. <laughs> yeah, you sound drunker and shit to me. No. Hey, you're not? No, I'm, I'm doing my best Edge and Christian impression. I don't know. Have you listened to their podcast? No, is that what it sounds like? See, nobody else has either. But according to the rumor and innuendo, mm -hmm. they like to get really low like this, and it almost feels like they're doing shorty balls. Yeah. On Saturday Night Live back in the day with Alec Baldwin. Right. Yeah. I, like I get, get it. Really close I get it, to buddy. the microphone like this and just mm -hmm. make noises. Why don't we go ahead and call in our tag team partner and let's get this shit show on the road, shall we? Let's bring her in, the one and only Lois Rule. Sweetheart, take it away. I'm trying to be serious. I got things to do, and you want a silly countdown. I can't do silly. I'm doing serious. One, two, three, wait a minute. Three, two, 
one hit play. Hulk Hogan, Stevie Ray, and Bret Hart. What the fuck? One of these three guys is a job guy. Which one of these is not like the other? Kevin Nash. Sting. Tomato, Tomato face thing. Yes. And Lex Luger. One of these three didn't come to Starcast. Has shitty makeup on. And finally, the final team, Warrior, Roddy Piper, and my mentor, Diamond Dallas Page. That's like the cheese stands alone right there. Two thirds of the team no longer with us. Yeah, two of these guys are dead. Those other two guys needed yoga. It's Fall Brawl. Ladies and gentlemen, we cannot wait to bring you Fall Brawl from the Large Joe Memorial Coliseum. And I'm going to tell you right now, click your TV off because that graphic is as good as the show is going to get. I'm looking forward to shitting on this one, Tony. Yes, sir, buddy. You and guys, so you, were, Derek, you guys were you determined to kill the fucking territory here, bringing war games here to Winston-Salem, Crockett Country, back to back to back. And every year just progressively got shittier and shittier and shittier. 96 was awesome. It's when we had the fake sting storyline. 97 is when you guys really killed the town and let the NWO bury the horseman when Kurt turned and smashed Ric Flair's head in a fucking cage. And now that we're back one year later, we forgot what the fucking rules for the war games are. We don't have two teams of five that strive to survive or whatever. I just mashed up there for the survivor series. No, no, no. We don't have that. We've got three teams of three. What the fuck is this? I don't know. Uh, you know, you talked to Eric Bischoff about it. Was this his brainchild? This is his idea to do this? I don't recall. Okay. <laughs> Sounds right to me. As a matter of fact, but what take the a fuck look. are y'all wearing? Well, I, I, I'm wearing what is pretty fucking cool. No, it's not. You, you, look at you. Is. It's like a formal jacket. Like you've got right. like a wedding coat on, but it's probably double breasted because you're a slapdick. But then it's like a, a black shirt, a, a preacher shirt, just like old today over there. But then look on the right. It looks like Bobby Heen is like trying out for Mary Poppins as a chimney sweep, but he also wants to be on Gordon Gecko's wall street team, but he's got that fucking bow tie. Like he's here to make a wine recommendation too. I'm not sure what to make of this outfit. Well, let's check as Mike today is now talking about some of the things that we have to do. Tony Shivani and I both got our shirts. At the men's warehouse, you're going to like the way we look. They fucking guarantee it. But Tony on your right is, of course, uh, as he said, the Mary Poppins stand-in, and that's Bobby the Brain Heenan. Brain, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about war games coming up. And, and as you know, this is a very unique situation. We got, wait a minute, we're going to take a look in the back. What the fuck's going on? They're having to hold back Ernest Miller. They're trying to keep Ernest Miller away from killing the show. But there's no, there's no way to keep him away from killing the show. He's going to absolutely kill the show, Heenan. So let me ask you, even Ernest Miller in this show, is it going to help anything here at Fall Brawl at War Games here in the Lawrence Joel Memorial Coliseum? Now, Brie, before you answer, I'm going to point at the monitor. I'm going to do a couple moves with my hands. You go ahead. Kid, feed the birds. Toppins a bag. Toppins Toppins, toppins a bag, feed the bird, chim chiminy, chim chiminy, chim chim tree. Well, I'm doing Mary Poppins since he said he looked like 
You know, you didn't know the music from Mary Poppins, do you? No, I'm a fucking you grown man. Fuck you. I'm a grown man. Get- I'm 37. Okay. I don't and know. Then- I don't know the song, the fucking blues clues either, brother. <laughs> well, they do have DVDs out now, you know, now let's take a look at mean Gene Okerlund. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to fall brawl. We'll let you know that this dinner coat I stole from the Mater D at Skomas. That's right. Pepper Gomez, who was once a great star in uh, the San Francisco wrestling area was also the Mater D at Skomas at one time. And I sold this jacket from him. Oh my God. Would you take a look at this all the way from the 1980s? Here is Chris Jericho, Chris, by the way, let me just say, this is the fucking best part of the entire show. He's out here calling mean Gene, Gene mean. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, they're setting up a match here with Goldberg and I, I don't think the live crowd is in on the gag because it's not going to be the real Goldberg, but he's certainly hyping it up. Like it's going to be the real Goldberg and mean Gene is, uh, going to sort of play along and not shit on it necessarily. So the live house thinks they're getting the fucking real deal. Goldberg and Jericho, which is not going to happen. So in other words, what you're saying is that from the get go, we're going to shit on the crowd. Yes. As if last year you didn't do a good enough job killing the town by burying the horsemen and letting the heels win war games, maybe for the first time ever. But now you've got mean Gene out here, letting him set up a match with the biggest star in the entire company, your world champion. That's not actually going to happen because he's got the night off. Can I ask you something? I know you've, you've already talked to Eric about that. What the fuck is going on with us? Were we, we, we were just, we were just, we were just trying to say, okay, Bend over. We're going to fuck you up the ass and you're going to like it. Is that what we're saying to fans right now? It got away from Eric. I mean, he hasn't just straight up said that, but it got away from Eric, all the politics and all yeah. the maneuvering. And it was just more than he could handle. And he eventually pulled to Tony Schiavone and just threw his hands up. And oh, is that what we're calling it now? Crazy. Throwing your hands up, called it Tony Schiavone. Yeah. I mean, listen, you've said on here, I didn't give a fuck at this point. I mean, you know, I was being paid to be a producer, but I wasn't doing that shit. I no. just said, yeah, sounds good to me. I just showed up and cashed my check and went home. Mm. Speaking of somebody right. who was cashing checks and going home, Disco mm. Inferno strutting that ass to the ring. Yeah. It's a Sapphire shoe show, Sapphire shoe show, Sapphire shoe show. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm fired up. Let me just tell you, we're about, uh, 10 days away. Uh, From all the uh, Sapphire shoe shows you can check stick at. I looked up Sapphire. Oh, you did. Did you clear your browser history right away? Yeah, it is not a shoe show. I mean, it is technically. Well, technically, I guess it is, but I don't think we'll be looking for shoes that day. I mean, you you might, I mean, by the way, does does, Does does Lois know about Sapphire? No, she just, she knows this. She knows that I'm flying out to Las Vegas. For an overnight in Las Vegas, <laughs> mm. and I'm 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 going to be there with Conrad, mm. Bruce Pritchard, yep. Cassio Kid, yep. and an assortment of fucks. Oh, by the so way, I, you haven't met my jeweler, but my jeweler is a friend of mine, and um, mm. you're going to like him. Yeah. So, so anyway, uh, here's the deal. Uh, I didn't need to go any further. Okay, Vegas, Conrad. Slap dicks. That's all. That's all needs to be said, right? That's it. That's all needs to be said. 
Is it wrong to say that I feel like it would be a different club experience if we were going to a club that Alex Wright worked at? Uh, it, I don't know. I, I, Alex certainly is uh, gyrating that uh, that thermos, though, isn't he? Oh, I didn't mean that. I was just, <laughs> I was just, I don't even know what to say. Yeah, right I know, there. I know exactly what you meant. I pick up on it, and then you, then you blame me for it. No, All no, right. no. I'm saying he looks like one of those, like, um, he would work in one of those clubs where you have to have glow sticks and take drugs. Oh, that's, that's, those, one of those clubs. Yeah, one of those European clubs. I didn't mean one European. of those my boys. Oh, you didn't. Yeah, like one of that uh, that that Jim Barnett would have. Uh, did I tell you that Jim Barnett was dead? Did I ever tell you that? Yeah, I heard that he was dead. And, and yeah, speak, he is dead. Speaking okay. of dead, two dead wrestlers getting in the ring right now. Of How course, we that? just lost Jim the Anvil Nightheart. It feels like he was going way, way too early. That one uh, sort of shocked me, man. You know, I know... Um, a lot of guys in the eighties were living hard and, and, and all that, but I just didn't see Jim, the anvil, Nightheart leaving us so soon and prayers for him and his family. Cause that's a fresh one, man. And it's, it is sort of weird to see bulldog here because you can tell that bulldog is not in his best, best health in this. And this is the only match I remember seeing where I was like, oh shit, he does not look good here. And is this where he gets hurt? Yeah, this is the, the famous trap door incident. This is during the, the warrior era and he's going to take a bump in here and, and hurt himself, but try to work through it. And the reality is he winds up being hospitalized and, and a lot of people sort of cried foul and, and assumed that anytime there's an injury in WCW, maybe it's a little suspect at best, but, uh, Davey boy was really, really hurt from this and wound up you know, compounding situations that he had, uh, some addiction struggles at the time. And right, man, it was all downhill for a minute here. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I do need to, uh, do a little tip of the cap of the, at the new heart foundation. That's part of MLW, uh, because I think Teddy Hart and Davey boy Smith jr. And Brian Pillman jr. Have become a, quite a sensation in, in major league wrestling. So, you know, what's, uh, what's cool to see on the is, name. is how much stock court is putting into, um, into Brian Pillman jr. Because I mean, he is a, a real deal rookie, but I think court is really thinking this dude has just tons of charisma and a huge upside. And I'm excited to see it develop. And I think everybody knows what they're getting with Davy boy jr. I mean, that dude is an athlete and a half and Teddy is a spectacle. Unlike anything else in wrestling. Is that fair to say? I I'm, I'm telling you, there is nobody in, in major league wrestling is over as Teddy Hart right now, but not just being over. I just mean like what makes him so over is he's just, he's unlike anything else in wrestling right now. Right. Yeah. And, you know, for better or worse, I know there's a lot of people who aren't big Teddy Hart fans. I am. I it's can't miss to me. Sometimes I understand that some people say, oh, it's this and it's that I'm watching. Yeah. I, I'm in. And that's what it's all about. Watching Davey boy Smith just laying him in here to Alex, Wright. A kind of a, a unorthodox tag team. I would say Alex, Wright And the disco inferno, you know, that it does feel like somebody in the back was like, and eh, we got these two goofs that dance. Why don't we put them on a team? Is that really <laughs> all the, the thought you put into it? I got a number on the socks. I don't have time. Just put the dancing fucks together and let them lose to the hot foundation. That's this isn't rocket science. Power slam one, two, three. What do you think mi- Pujols is going to put up today? <laughs> that, that is almost 
that is almost exactly what was said in the back. <laughs> they go out there. They do their little dances. Jim Barnett will be happy as shit. And I can go back to watching the game. And, and Tony, by the way, who in the world came up with this, this idea of this war games shit? I mean, you remember war games. I remember what the fuck are they, what the fuck's that Bischoff doing? Well, he's, he's pulling a Tony Schiavone there. Gremlin. He's not giving a fuck right now. At least that's what Conrad would say. It is sort of interesting that, you know, so much of the stuff that, I mean, by the way, these guys are working slow motion here. Yeah, they are. There's going to be a couple of spots here. It's just almost cartoonish. Hmm. And it's not, uh, I guess it's worth mentioning here. Meltzer shit on this match. Surprise, surprise. But he did put over the strong work of Alex Wright and said that he had, you know, one of the best performances on the show and certainly was the best performer on this night in this match. But you're going to see Davy boy really struggle. And a lot of people probably thought that that was on disco and that disco was sandbagging. But the reality is he's really hurt and it's unfortunate that, you know, in wrestling, especially you're supposed to finish the match and suck it up and right. So they just try to power through and make it work and really probably shouldn't have because he's going to be seriously injured from this. And you got to wonder, man, in hindsight, just how big of a fucking blunder this whole warrior thing was, which I guess is really a testament to this whole show. I mean, because so much of it is built around the warrior to the point where guys in the first match are are having debilitating injuries from from just the gimmicks you need for that guy. I, I think it just, I think this, this whole night kind of just shows us the pitfalls you would have by allowing Hulk Hogan final say on anything that he does, you know, because I, you're not wrong. Cause I, I brought that exact same thing up that, you know, and, and Bischoff was able to admit on 83 weeks that when he watched this show back, particularly when it came to finishes, he said, he realized that a lot of the decisions that he allowed Hogan to be involved in. Maybe, maybe he gave him too much. Right. But in fairness, and I know that's a knock on Hogan because I guess we should mention this. We've said it in this show a thousand times and on Bischoff show that when Hogan came in, what Kevin Sullivan was trying to do is make him comfortable and feed him the monster factory. And that's the reason the dungeon of doom was even created. It gave him an opportunity to work with guys that he was comfortable with and trusted, but also too, you hear Hogan say things like I drew the most money with the macho man, brother. Well, there it is. You know, I drew the biggest house ever with, uh, Andre, the giant. So they create their own giant and obviously WrestleMania six was a big deal. What do you know? They're going to get the ultimate warrior in there. I do think that some fans who like to villainize Hogan would suggest that he wanted to bring the warrior in and get back the win. I don't think that's accurate. I think it's more about, Hey, we drew money. I think we can make more money if we bring him in. And I mean, I really do think that's what, I don't think he's as interested in the wins and losses as he is the money. And sometimes wins and losses and more money go hand in hand. Well, yeah, that's true, but you're, you are exactly right. He wasn't looking at 
uh, trying to get a win over the Warrior to make up for what happened to WrestleMania 6, he was looking to draw any house like they drew at Sky Dome. Right. Of course he was. Uh, and anybody who thinks that he was just after wins and losses just really doesn't understand the business or is so blinded by their hatred of Hulk Hogan that that leads them to make uh, statements like that. And I know there's a lot of fans out there who feel that way. And, you know, some of the, some of the things that's going on in this match, are n- that should have been disqualification right in front of the referee, right? No, it's not Bill Watts. Okay. But isn't that the, I know it's not Bill Watts, but then isn't that the old thing? No. Throwing a man over the top rope, disqualification. Absolutely. No, that's not the case here in 98. You got to have some rules, Conrad. Y'all have three teams in war games. Hush your mouth. All right. Well, I just remember that just, well, anyway, you know, I think Disco's doing, doing a pretty good job of bumping for these guys. Dude, he just, I mean, that's a bump. I, nobody takes a guardrail bump like that. Good for him. Yeah. So I, I absolutely, I, uh, you know, God almighty, you have tainted me. Why? I'm never going to be able to watch another disco inferno match without thinking about Sapphire in the shoe show. Dude, you wait till we leave some, we make some real memories for you. <laughs> hey, I don't know about you, but I'm coming into Vegas to have dinner and go back to bed. I got a, I got a ball game on Saturday. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You're suggesting to me yeah. that you're going to fly four hours for one right. dinner and then yeah. come back. Yeah. Well, why come? Cause you're my, you're my friend. I'll FaceTime. Listen, here's what I'll do. You run down to the outback <laughs> there in Marietta and you take <laughs> it back to your house. And you put on some strobe lights, have yeah. Lois get on the lingerie and you just FaceTime me and I'll FaceTime you. And it'll feel like we're in the same place, brother. <laughs> no, it will. Cause there will be a girl walking around me in lingerie. Yeah. Who ain't going to do nothing. And you're going to have a girl at your house walking around in lingerie who ain't going to do nothing. And you'll have an overpriced steak. That's supposed to be better than it really is. <laughs> and I will too. Yeah. I'm going to have a good time. Yeah. at Sapphire. No, at Sapphire. Absolutely. I am. Yeah. I'm going to get you that all important VIP rod. <laughs> uh Oh, have you ever uh, been, have you ever been beaten with your own belt? Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, I have. Really? What was her name? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm talking about when I was a kid. Oh, well, when I was a young, you, everybody's a kid at Sapphire. You're going to go back to your childhood so far. You're going to want to nurse. <laughs> Mama. <laughs> Are you okay? Yes. Uh, got to clear my throat. Look at Davey. Like, yeah, I feel bad for Davey because Davey just a few years prior to this, because we've covered some of his matches, man. When he yeah. wanted to, that dude could have a hell of a match. And, and tonight is just not his night here. Yeah. Hey, look, look, I mean, we go back and think about, uh, the dynamite kid and Davey boy Smith. And obviously dynamite kid is one of the greatest high flyers ever, but they were a great tag team because they were a tag team and he was a part of that. So yeah, he had some great matches in his day. He really did. And, and I guess there's another case of us trying to, you know, bring in guys who, you know, were, were known years and years ago in the WWE. So, uh, 
wow, great missile drop kick by Alex Wright that time. But boy, Alex really can get up. Almost busts his ass that time. On the logo. Mm-hmm. Which we've heard could be slippery at times. Mm-hmm. Man, that did not feel good. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. So the logo can be slippery, so let's get the biggest logo we can get so they'll bust their ass on it. Jesus crony. You know what's funny to me too is is even though that giant logo is on there, like there's no sponsorship. Right. It feels like such a missed opportunity that obviously Vince has exploited in more recent years. But like you guys had a could have had some sort of call ATT or one eight hundred collect sponsorship right there. Of course you would later in WCW, but you could have here too. Yeah, if we get somebody out there and uh, get off their ass and sell some shit. Wonder how Rob Garner is doing, by the way. Rob was uh, a salesman for us. The referee <laughs> just did the drop down. Where are you at on, on referee drop downs? Uh, I don't care for him at all. Look, look, he's struggling to get him up, man. I'm telling you, that's not because he's not cock diesel strong as a motherfucker. Yeah, it's here. And it's not much. because disco is, is heavy. I just feel bad for him, man. That was the finish and he really struggled. So it was during this match. He slipped on the trap door or how do you uh, slip coming down? Uh, from what we've been told, he hurts himself on the trap door and that, and he's hurting bad here. And that's the reason, you know, he struggled and it wouldn't be long after this, man, he'd be in the hospital. I mean, he's going to continue to try to work through it and work a few more shows, but you can tell just looking at him, like he's not at his best physically. And it's because he's got all the other personal stuff going on, but you compound that now with this injury and it's just, it's not good, dude. No, it's not. But as you say, he's a pro and he works. Ooh, man. I mean, I'm even we, landed on his side. That, oh, time. that had to hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. And here's the result. At, at least they got the uh, Calgary stampede in one, two, three, and there you go. Hey, I think Alex Wright was a great worker. I agree with Dave Meltzer, man. Greatest worker of the show, Alex Wright. <laughs> it, it is sort of weird to think about how over those guys were a year before with the Hart Foundation in the WWF, and now right. here, not nearly as much. This is the highlight of the show besides Chris Jericho. It's a backstage interview between um friend of the show, Ham Cubes, mm-hmm. and yeah. someone else. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I'd like to ask you something. If I could bring you out and of course your lackey out as well. Uh, I just like to say this. I went all the way to Chicago and I went to that star cast and that Conrad who kissed my ass ran like a bitch ran like a little scared bitch. You see that right there. I've got where the steroids were pumped into my arm right there. And now let's talk to another dipshit. By the name of Buff Bagwell. And, you know, I, I was at Starcade too. And there are a lot of rumors about what I did at Starcade, especially in the men's bathroom, but I don't really want to talk about that. All right, Gene, would you read this for us? I've got my cheaters on. Let me read it. Okay. It's it's the menu. It's the brand new menu uh, at, uh, at Shoney's. Okay, I see I have beef tips. That's right. I like beef tips. Yeah, I like beef tips uh, with rice. Also, there's a steak as big as your head, and then there's something to put you to sleep, and that's J.J. Dillon. What are they talking about here? So here's the idea. In real life, or in uh, you know the real version of this that we're talking over and making fun of, 
Steiner is saying he can't wrestle his brother Rick tonight because he's injured and he's showing the little tiny band-aids and he says he's uh-huh. got a doctor's note and they produce it for JJ Dillon. And JJ says, well, that's really unfortunate that you took the time to produce this because you, you know, that's not going to fly. I told you it rode wild. You had to have this match. There's no way around it. And if you're not going to wrestle tonight, you're out of WCW. You're barred for life. And so they tear up the doctor's note and watch Scotty here. This is the highlight of the whole thing. Tears up the doctor's note. And now he's on his hands and knees trying to grab it and put it back together. All ad libbed. Great stuff. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, he's quickly, you know, he was one of my favorites back then was Scott Steiner. And after star cats, he's become one of my favorites again. Just Dude, super good guy. Yeah. You know, he, um, I'm hopeful that he won't kill me and that we can, uh, do some stuff in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I love Scotty. I mean, you never really know, do. you never know, but the, the thing about Scott Steiner is this, and, and this is, this is a shoot. Scott Steiner is a worker. Okay. But he's a dangerous worker. In other words, he pushes the envelope too far. He always did push the envelope too far. As a result, we had some pretty good shit, right? But uh, he just pushes the envelope too far sometimes. You just don't know what he's going to say, or you really don't know what he's going to do. And it, it goes back to what I was talking about, where JJ said that one time, "I'm going to, I'm going to call Scott Steiner. I'm going to suspend him. He's going to come out, and I'm going to prevent him from coming to the set." And he and I looked at each other like, "Yeah, like fuck you are." And of course, Scott Steiner came out plowed right through JJ came over to the set and then threw chairs everywhere. That's Scott Snyder pushing a little bit too far. Uh, meanwhile, what the fuck is going on here? Oh, okay. Here we go. All and right. what they're trying to do here, this is awesome by the way, because we got Kenny powers on the right. Ralph right. is on the left. And I like the, uh, the boxing entrance here, the big fight feel. But they're going to do a bit of a spinal tap spoof in the process because Jericho is going to struggle to find the ring. Which door is it? Is that, is, this, is, that is that your catering right there? Yeah, it's catering. How was WCW catering compared to, uh, you've seen WWE's catering today. Yeah, I, I think our catering was very good. We probably spent too much for it. I've seen WWE catering one time, so I don't know. I, I don't really know what they have to be honest with you, but you know, all this is Jericho. This is all, these are his ideas. Sure. I mean, it's not like you're actually doing your job as a producer. No, I see. I I know you turn it back on me, but Jericho's Jericho's all this stuff. I love it, man. Hindsight being what it is. Good stuff, buddy. He was, uh, he was ahead of his time. Absolutely. And you guys let him go. Let him slip. Yeah, away. I know. I know. Yeah. What did Eric say about Jericho letting him go mistake? Uh, no, I mean, in the end he had to appease the big stars and, uh, Jericho saw himself at that Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, Goldberg level and Bischoff didn't and let him go. And the reality is. Jericho, when he came over, of course, he was immediately programmed with the rock, but you know, they definitely saw more and gave him more of an opportunity to be a top guy, but he was not like 
the top guy right away. It took a little while for him to become the, the performer he is. Well, and you know, look at it this way, and this is kind of where we were to be a top star for us. Right. I, by the way, I love this entrance here. He's trying to mimic the Goldberg entrance. Of course, it just spits and sputters, and he wants to kick it, but he realizes, hey, this might actually blow my fucking foot off. Huh? Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, to be a big star for us at this time, you had to have been an established big star. Right. You could have been. And, and Jericho was basically an unknown when he came to us, as far as big stars are concerned. But look how big Leo is. Look at the Jericho-holic sign. Dude, he's, he's, he's over like we're over here. No yes, doubt about it. Yes, he is, it. man. Absolutely. And the signs are out. We're in our heyday. We are in the Winston Salem at the Lawrence Joel Coliseum and God almighty. They were rabid for this. Well, yeah, they think Goldberg's coming. <laughs> I mean, they're playing Goldberg's music. Uh-huh. Goldberg's not advertised on this show, by the way, but they think they're getting a surprise. The show started with him challenging him and here's the music. He's the hottest star they got. They're going and you, nuts and, the, yeah. and we're seeing the signs everywhere. So it makes you think this is really fixing to happen. Yeah. The fan. I mean, these guys at ringside, you see them with those Goldberg shirts on. They just about whacking off right now, man. And, but by the way, they're fucking iron on shirts that they made themselves like Scott Hyatt. Yeah. So we wouldn't, uh, we, <sighs> why didn't we sell Goldberg shirts? Or did we? You did. I mean, you didn't have any because they cost money. All right, here so we here go. he is. You ready? Yes, I am. I have to say, I. <laughs> I feel like this is the way when it's like your anniversary and you're getting ready for Lois. This is going to be me and you right before we walk into Sapphire <laughs> with blue chews in our pocket, baby. Hey, Hey, <laughs> yeah, that's my gimmick. Hey, Hey is my gimmick. <laughs> oh God. It's the blue chew. A. yeah. <laughs> okay. You got it. Although Paul Bromwell did send me some in that uh, box of gimmicks he gave me, his own box of gimmicks. Well, that's, I mean, what are you doing? Taking it for practice? <laughs> no. You're going to try to put some miles on that thing before you go to Las Vegas? Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you go to Patreon, I, I showed Lois the blue shoes, and she said, ha-ha, maybe you can take them and finally find it, was her. Well, we're going to show her. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, we are. Yeah. We go, we go, we go show her. You ever see, uh, Tracy Morgan do, yeah. his, do his skits with, uh, Howard Stern. No, I've not seen him do it with Howard Stern. No, I know you listen to Stern all the time. He would go on Stern and he would talk about how every woman is beautiful. And, and he would just run through all the dirty, nasty, filthy stuff he can say on satellite. And mm -hmm. then he would always end with, I'm going to get her pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can think is boy, Lois turned down the blue chew. Well, when Tony comes to Las Vegas, I'm going to get somebody pregnant. <laughs> it's going to be the greatest night in the history of her sport. Okay. Uh, 
Oh my God. He beat Goldberg. No, he didn't. Oh, Goldberg tick kicked out in two. No, Goldberg's about to kick his head in the third row. Okay. <laughs> you know what? <clears throat> I kind of hated it at the time, but I'm really kind of enjoying it right now. You hated it because you didn't like silly fun stuff, but this is awesome. Right. Because I like silly fun stuff now. Yeah. Back then you wanted to take it all seriously. Yeah. Ah, uh, the little guy tapped out. By the way, oh. how great is Chris Jericho with the ridiculous, like pineapple haircut right here? Like this is a top knot thingy before top knots were really a thing. Right. Again, he's, he's ahead of his time and in, in fashion and look and everything pushing the ref. What the fuck? Pushing the referee. Where do white women at? See that sign. <laughs> That's what you're going to say when we go to Sapphire. <laughs> Oh my God. Where do white women at? By the way, even though I hate that TV title, I surely wish I could find it. Hmm. Who's got it. I don't know. You don't, it's missing. I mean, some, some collectors got it. I, I was told it sold on eBay a few years ago. If you've got this ring used TV title, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, hey, Hey, it's Conrad. I'd like to give you cash. Wow. Cash. Well, Maybe you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, add to the collection. You know, I mean, in the family, our boy, Dave Milliken's got the TV title and the, the, the tag titles. Oh my gosh. Check this crew out. What do you think? Oh, Lee Marshall saying, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do him. Rick. I got to tell you, you're great. Yeah. I, yeah, I, 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 I can't put, 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 put two words together, but, uh, everybody in the Cherokee County school board loves me. All the parents love me. If they don't love me then I'm going to, I'm going to fuck them up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's what you got to do. You got to scare parents these days because they'll run all over you and I'm not going to have any parent run over me. That's what he would say. And I agree. You can't let parents run over you these days. Well, good. Then we won't let Lois run over you when you get back from Vegas. <laughs> she won't, she won't because buddy, <clears throat> as you can see, it's, uh, not, not, and not everybody can see it. As you can see in my brand new office here, I have right above me Superman and Wonder Woman poster. I am running this house now, man. I put this, I'm, I've, I've got the posters and everything I want in this office. I'm in charge here now. Oh Sp God. We've already two guys who are not in charge. Yeah. Well, we already did this. Uh, we replayed this on nitro the very next night. And here comes somebody called, call my mama. Somebody and Heenan walks in. It's funny. Heenan walks in and Heenan's going to say, what the fuck are they doing? Mm. Mm -mm. Ernest, the cat Miller, and he's going to have a match coming up with, uh, Stormin Norman, or as we like to call him, uh, Mr. Wiggle. Wow. I don't, I don't uh, I don't know what to say about this. Here he comes. There's Norman. Norman taking up for the Armstrong brothers. How about that, man? All right. Well, you ready for this? I tell you, if I was doing commentary right there and we did a cutaway on a fucking pay-per-view to see that, I would come back right now at this shot and I would say, huh, I'd put a lot of butts in the seats. <laughs>
Okay. Well, it's time to do commentary on the match style. And now it's the part of this, uh, this podcast where Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson will do commentary on one of the shittiest matches of the night. Norman Smiley going up against Ernest Miller. And here he comes, Conrad. Norman Smiley, who, as we know, is one of the most talented wrestlers from the West Indies that we've ever had here in WCW. He's even a trainer now at NXT, which you may or may not know, Tony. A lot of the uh, stars that you see on Monday and Tuesday night learned a lot of their fundamentals and got a lot of their polish work done under the tutelage of one Norman Smiley. And what's happened to him now? Do they have jobs? They're all huge stars. They're main eventing pay-per-views, selling out arenas worldwide. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Ernest the Cat Miller would go on to star in The Wrestler, where he would uh, be a chic character who had multiple car dealerships. In real life, though, do you know what Ernest Miller is doing today? Uh, he is probably teaching kids karate in Marietta, Georgia. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. All right. Was I right? I don't know. He told us. I said, what was he doing? And you, oh, you I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a question like, Hey, I know what he's doing. Why don't you guess? Oh, great. Okay. Uh, yeah, I know what he's doing. Was that your final guess? Yes. No, he's not doing that. He's working, he's working at a Jiffy lube right outside of Marietta. He's the manager. Mm-hmm. He can stop by on Tuesday and, uh, speak to his mama. Yeah. And complain about the service and he'll kick in the fucking head too. Hang on just a second. I've got to say something here. Would you guys just sit down for a second? Would you sit down for a second? I got something I got to say. My mom, listen, I ain't from the West Indies. Okay. I probably ain't got a package the size of the package that you got, but I'm going to kick your head off of your shoulders. Then I'm going to take the head. You see what I'm saying? I'm going to take the head and I'm going to stuff it up your ass is what I'm going to do. And while I'm at it, I'm going to stuff it up David Penz's ass as well. I'm going to pull the hair on head at your own ass, and I'm going to take it and I'm going to stuff it up David Penz's ass to the point where David Penz's hair is going to turn gray. You see what I'm saying now? Don't point at me when I'm pointing at you, motherfucker. I'm the one that's doing the pointing. He's trying to point to me, and I'm trying to point at you. So I'm pointing. Yeah, point to me. That's right. I'm pointing to you. You point. Yeah, I'm pointing to you again, and I'll point here outside if I want to. And how about look at Mickey J to our left? How many cigarettes you think Mickey J has had today? Damn referee. That's all he does is smoke in the backstage area, smoking all the time. He'll probably die before he's 40 years old. Oh, he's 44 already. Okay. Here we go. Let's get, get out of here. Norman, get the fuck. Oh, go on back to NXT and train some of those kids to be superstars and draw more money in a week than you and I drew in an entire year here in WCW. Oh, there was a right hand by Norman. A right hand by Norman. Norman's got him up against the ropes. Conrad, he has got him. Ernest Miller, and he headbutted him. The motherfucker headbutted him. And there's a drop kick. Shitty drop kick as it was. And outside goes Ernest Miller. Norman Smiley, of course, a WCW stalwart here off and on for years and years, going back to the early 90s where we first saw him in a star cane, or at least that's the first time I saw him. International superstar before that, of course, Ernest Miller, a bit like DDP getting into wrestling a little later in life, but he made a splash and that's why he nailed him with that super kick there. That would make uh Sean Michaels super kick weep. Yeah. Well, you know, oh, into, ooh, into the safety rail again. And, and the thing about it is here, Conrad, is we're calling commentary on this, uh, one shitty match from fall brawl 
one of the many shitty matches from Fall Brawl. The thing about it is, is Ernest Miller is a legitimately karate-type guy, right? So how does he know how to work a super kick? He doesn't know how to work a super kick. Only thing he knows how to do is kick your fucking head off. And that's what he's doing. There's a karate chop side of the head. And Mickey J checking in, looking into, he just looked in there to Norma Smiley said, you got a cigarette? Norma said, hey, not, not right now. Oh, and down the side of the head again. I'll, I'll teach you to fuck with me, Norman Smiley. I'll send you back to NXT. I'll send you back to the performance center in Orlando. And here comes Norman Smiley once again. <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking like a Southern gentleman, but there's a back into the, into the trapezius and there's a kick. He didn't work that kick again. He caught him right above the chin and now, Oh, in a big double thrust and down goes Norman down goes Norman down goes Norman Conrad. What type of finishing maneuver do you think that, uh, Ernest is looking for here? What's the pinning combination he's looking for? You see him doing uh, a lot of people, maybe, uh, MMA fans and they see him, uh, go into like a Muay Thai clinch there, start throwing some knees. And then as dusty would say, he gets caught in a whirly bird. Did you say Muay Thai clinch? That's right. Wow. I had a Muay Thai clinch last night. Look at Norman, man. He just, he just skinned the cat back there and did a back flip and he covered him one. Only got a two count that time. I don't know what finishing maneuver that Ernest the cat Miller would come up with, but I would have a feeling he just tried to kick his head off and knock his smack dab out. And of course he may try a rear naked choke. That's kind of a good move. They use in MMA these days. A rear naked choke, choke him out. And now he's begging off. I was wrong. I was wrong. What, what's he want? What's he got his hand up for? He's probably ra uh, raising his hand to see if, uh, Eric Bischoff will come out and pay him a little more to teach his kid karate. Yeah, it could be that. Absolutely. Kicking him inside the, the head. And now I got a couple of kicks and now Ernest Miller is back into it. I, I don't know. I thought maybe it was like, you know, it was a national anthem and he was, uh, he was protesting and it was on one knee and he had the, the fist up in the air. I didn't know. Hey, so we, we found out that being Garrett Bischoff's karate teacher would get you uh, a TV gig and a push. Mm -hmm. Which one of the wrestlers was Garrett's football coach? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, but I mean, and Garrett also liked master P right. Uh, yeah, and, and that Peace got song. Master P like a $100,000 payoff or something, whatever. What did they, did you ever ask her, Eric, what they paid Master P? $7 million per episode. Okay. I'm going to ask that question again. Did you ever find out what Eric Bischoff paid Master P? $7 million per episode. Okay. That's what I thought you said. I was open that my hearing had gone bad. No, I made that up. I'm just fucking around. Okay. Uh, wouldn't see, no, you didn't make that up either. Did you? Yeah, I know I did. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, okay. for the purposes of our story, let's get that going. Okay. $7 million an episode. No, no. Do you really want another real number? Yeah. 1999, he made $293,000. And he only showed up once, right? I don't know, but I mean, what did he really do? Yeah. I'm saying by comparison, dusty Rhodes made 16,000 in 1999. One, two, uh, there's no way. Dusty Rhodes made $16,000. Yeah. He wasn't there the whole year, bro. $16,000. Yeah. That's like a minor league baseball season. You, you guys paid Jim Neidhart 34 grand. Master P got 293. Oh, the Parker got 111. 
Master P got 293. Silver King got 86. The Maestro Man. got 87 grand. The Maestro. Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker, who trained all these assholes, 39,000. Yep. 39, there it is. A spin wheel kick and the one, two, three. Call somebody's mama. Somebody call my mama. Somebody call my mama. Somebody call my mama. Ernest Miller, the cat. Did you ever hear his WWF theme music? No. Well, is that what it was? Yeah. They, they, they redid it for Brodus clay years later, who I know you have no idea who that is. And I understand, but none. There was actually somebody called Brodus clay. Yeah. He's on Fox news. Now I'm sure your wife knows all about him. I was just saying, I mean, that with Ernest Miller, it's going to get over. Because that was his theme music first. Brodus just borrowed it later. Yeah, Brodus Clay. Brodus Clay. By the way, what do you think of these graphics? Uh, Betrayal? uh, They sucked. Man, you saw that tear roll down his cheek. It must have been because the hot bar just got a less than stellar rating. That's right. That's right. They came in and they gave it a 93.5 B. By the way, we haven't really talked about this. Can you imagine how hard his job must be? Like his real life gig. What Scotty? Yeah. Running a fucking restaurant. Dude, that's gotta be like constant every day. Yeah. Well, if if you're the manager. Uh, how about owner? Well, if you're the, I w I would think, uh, I would think that if you got a good manager, you could just sit back and let the money roll in. Could you? No, no. You, you know, but, he's got to manage food inventory. You know, there's so much money that you could lose your ass on by just ordering too much or too little. So you don't want anything to spoil and go bad. And you just literally throw money away. But right. at the same time, you've got to make sure that those shifts are covered. And right. it's not like Shoney's is closed. They're open every fucking day. So there's no, there's no off day. You've just got to make sure that people are there front of the house, back of the house. It's just, I can imagine from a staffing standpoint and an overhead standpoint, there's a reason I've never opened a restaurant. That just seems like a lot of fucking work. And you're trying to make profit on something that really is a good value. You know, I don't know what the hot bar costs. We like to have fun here. I don't even think they call it that, but. Let's say it's $10. How much of that can possibly be profit? Okay. Is it me or are you trying to do a lot of sucking up to Scott? No, Steiner? no, I'm not. I'm saying I would never get in the restaurant business. Okay. That's, that's my thing. I, I think if, if I was going to go start a new business tomorrow, fucking restaurant would be the last one. Like well, that. of course, you know, he's a mathematical whiz as we know. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, listen, I'm not kissing Scott Steiner's ass. I'm still going to call him ham cubes and he'll get mad and. Yeah. Leave me a voicemail. I'm going to kick my ass or whatever. I'm just saying like tomorrow, if you were like, Hey, I got an idea for a business. 
there's this restaurant. I'm just hanging up. Like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm well, and that's because most restaurants that you see now, they don't last long. Well, that's why though. That's what I'm saying is from a managerial standpoint, you've got to manage one shift after another for the wait staff, for the, for the cooks. I mean, it's just, it's just constant. And on top of that, you've got to find a way to make profit off something that there's just not a ton of margin in and, and, yeah. and, and you've got to make sure that you don't buy too much or too little. It's just, it's a fucking nightmare. I'd much rather be a realtor and be on the school board like his brother. So Rick Snyder came up with the right idea of a post wrestling career. Well, I mean, listen, once and Scott probably has it rolling, but I'm just saying to start a restaurant from fucking scratch. Oh my God. I can't imagine a more challenging business. I would not want to well, do that. Well, well, Scott, Scott's got the money rolling because you know, as the old rumor was in the business, Scott still has the first time he ever made. Oh no. Yeah. I heard that. Somebody told me if Scott made 300,000 one year, he found a way to end the year with 310. Yeah, that's exactly right. Absolutely. He saved every bit of his money. Have you ever heard, have you ever heard a story about uh, a car, a car? Yeah. I've not heard a story about a car. We got it. We got to, we got to share some stories. Okay. All right. We will. Uh, and by the way, uh, since you're in the mortgage business, uh, Rick Steiner also, not only is a school board is kind of a part-time job. He's also a realtor. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And, and see, there's a perfect example, you know, with a realtor, like, it's not like, oh God, this house is about to expire and go bad. I got to sell it before I have to throw it away. That's not a thing. You know what I mean? And you don't have to staff people to be at the house. You're trying to sell. it's just logistically. Fuck owning a restaurant. That's all I'm saying. Uh, meanwhile, all this, uh, the, the Steiner, the Rick Steiner brothers are knocking each other's dick in the dirt here. Yeah. That's what's great about this match. And obviously yeah. they're about to do some dumb shit that I hate. And I think really ruins the entire show in just a minute, but I love the skit we saw with JJ Dillon earlier. I mean, I thought, uh, buff and, uh, Scott were at their comedic best. Bischoff even said he thinks it's one of Scott Steiner's best promos ever. Probably his best WCW promo ever. And what's, what's great about this match is these are two guys who obviously know each other very well and trust each other very much. And they're, they're both comfortable beating the shit out of the other one. Cause they've been doing it for at this point, 35 years. Right. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Man, they are laying it fucking in here guys. Well, and, and what's great about that is. <laughs> They're not, they're not mad about it. You know, sometimes when you see guys really laid in, you're like, oh fuck, they're, this is about to be a real thing. No, these guys are just like, this is what they've done since they were in second grade. Yeah. Wow. And of course, as we've often said, you know, he, Rick Steiner was, was legit. Oh, Rick no Clay. doubt. But we, we had a fun uh, debate earlier today on Twitter about, Hey, who would you have made? The fourth horseman. Of course, they listened to our show last week. We were sort of talking about, you know, who could have been that fourth guy in place of Mongo. So if you had a Dean and you had a Benoit and you had a flair, who, who could have been a suitable stand in for Mongo? I said, Rick Steiner. Rick's not doing a shit ton as a single here. Yeah. I'm still trying to wrap my head around you having a debate on Twitter. Not really a debate. You know, just somebody said, Hey, what about that fourth guy? Who could it have been? 
Mm-hmm. And I quoted it and said, Hey, this is a fun idea. Who's what say you? And a bunch of people were like, Sid. Okay. As a rule, you don't get to stab the manager and then join the group. Right. So Sid's out. Sid's out. And I didn't and think, you- I didn't think Lex, you know, that had been done pass. Right. If Kevin green was going to be around, you know, I guess you could have done that, but if you're going to go Kevin green, you might as well stick with Mongo. I thought another great one, you know, somebody who wasn't really doing anything. This was a suggestion on Twitter, Scott Norton. Hmm. If you had Scott Norton in the Mongo spot, that could have been cool. I'm not a huge Scott Norton fan, but if you're looking for a big jacked up enforcer type dude, I mean, I'd rather have Scott Norton than Mongo. Yeah, I I agree with that. I I mean, I, you gotta have somebody I, I think who had some wrestling background. Wasn't just a football player who they had brought in really just to be an announcer and then became a, a wrestler as well. Yeah, I, I, I agree with all that. I, you know, I still think had they not turned into some sort of shitty angle that Kurt Hennig was the right guy. Oh yeah. No, I think everybody agrees with that, that he would have been perfect. And you know, I know we all love Dean Malenko, but I think you could have swapped him out as a horseman. Yeah. Because who needs a horseman two foot one? So if you had Benoit, Kurt, and Rick Steiner, and Flair. Now, yeah. by the way, he grabs Buff by the throat here, runs him into the top turnbuckle, and immediately Buff just goes limp. And they're going to try to recreate a moment here because earlier in this same year is when Rick gave Buff a top rope bulldog live on Thunder. And for real, Buff was momentarily paralyzed and it turned into a real situation that took a long time. And now they're trying to recreate that here in September of the same year. And it's going to take forever, forever, forever. Yeah. And and then, and what basically what has happened now, the fans here are legitimately concerned and any of the, as Dave Meltzer would say, heat of this match is gone. Wow. We just fucked up in every turn, didn't we? We just absolutely, we just, we couldn't get out of our own way. We just. Bischoff loved this segment, by the way, even now. He did? Yeah. He thinks it's great. Are you Uh, serious? Yeah. I shit on it. Wow. Okay. Well, you can't always be right. And he's wrong here. I no, think. I, I agree. I think this sucks. Yeah, it does. Cause this is the one where Scotty, where, uh, buff jumps back up. Right. Yep. Yep. But he's going to jump out of the, uh, what's it called? Yep. The ambulance in a little bit. Right. Hmm. All right. Well, anyway, and again, you're right. It, it, it was a pretty stiff, a pretty good matchup until then. And then of course that ends it because a, a legit neck injury, it takes time to friend the take him out. So anyway, so there we go. I can see where you said this thing. I think you said that this show 
got 95% thumbs down. It's fucking horrible. I can't believe anybody gave this a thumbs up. Must've been members of the booking committee responding to Dave Meltzer's poll. Yeah. Terry Taylor, maybe Terry Taylor. Yeah. By the way, I hung out with JBL over the weekend who came yeah. to our show with, uh, Bruce Pritchard in San Antonio. Yeah. Fuck. He hates Terry Taylor too. Does he really a lot? You know, I don't really hate Terry Taylor. I just got annoyed with him a lot. I think the exact phrase was stooge piece of shit. <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> Another t-shirt at losrules.com stooge <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> By the way, I have, um, I've ordered a bunch of shirts, but we don't have them yet. Okay. You know, they, um, the guy who helps us with our designs, he's probably listening to this. Uh-huh. Uh, he's like, man, this all in thing's just taking over my life. <laughs> Let me find the email. You want to, you want to hear some shirts that are coming your way soon? Yeah. I thought you might. Okay. All right. Go ahead. You got him. Yeah. Here's one. It? Okay. Burtis rules. Burtis. Yep. Okay. Burtis. WWCD. What? Well, yeah, I, that's what I like, man. Once you get past the smell, you can eat it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that would be sardines. Shivani, Shivani's hobo restaurant. <laughs> Is hobo a politically incorrect word term? Now, why? I don't know. Oh, uh, we've also got oil of Olay all day, every day. Okay. <laughs> hey, you know what we ought to do? What? We ought to all get those shirts that say, once you get past the smell, you can eat it. And wear it, uh, the shoe shirt. Wear it, yeah. By the way, have you, um, have you Sapa. seen the oil of Olay all day, every day disco inferno rap video? You sent it, you sent it to me. Yeah. So you didn't like it. Yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. I like to think I'm here. He comes. We got time. They're just carting off buff. Nobody cares. Faster, Sherry. Let me speak on this. So, you know, we're going to have to do this at, uh, Sapphire. Yeah, we are. I wish you could stay Friday night because you know that Friday night is a ring of honor pay-per-view, right? Yeah. I, I yeah. Technically you could take that red eye home. <laughs> go to the ring of honor pay-per-view. <laughs> take the red eye home on Friday night. Yeah, I'm going. It'd be fun. Oh, God. I didn't realize I was backing into a goddamn Jim Cornette bachelor party. <laughs> Just so happens that I'm going that weekend and there's a Ring of Honor wrestling show, and that was not by design. So now all my buddies are like, Are we going to the Ring of Honor show? I'm like, What the fuck are you talking about? No, we're going to Las Vegas. And they're like, No, it's in Las Vegas. Oh, shit. 
<laughs> I can't. Uh, I've sucked in. I can't escape. <laughs> Why don't you bring some fucking Smoky Mountain v- VHSs and we'll just sit around and jack off over Boo Bradley? <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't you know? Oh my God! I know. Seriously, I don't know how this fucking happened. There's even wrestling on my fucking bachelor party. It's too much. Hey, buddy, you make your bed, man. No, listen, it'll be a good show. I mean, I, I really didn't know it was going to be there, but now that I'm like, wait a minute, there's a ring of honor pay-per-view. I'm yeah, in. That, that, oh yeah. I know. Listen, I know it's going to be a good show too, but what I'm saying is, is that you in deep, man. I know you could not get away from wrestling at all. I know. Okay? Let's take don't a, give me, and don't give me, I'm just a fan bullshit. I am. No, don't give me that. That's bullshit. Okay. We absolutely know what you are now. Okay. What am we I? Know what you are, huh? What am I? Your promoter of the fucking year. Oh no, WWCD. Not. Oh my God! Listen to you. All right, WWCD. I bet you. I bet you anywhere. I bet you backstage MLW. I bet you backstage in Ring of Honor. I bet you back even probably backstage NXT now. I don't even. I don't know if they'll do a WWE. They will. They will probably say, "What do you think?" Conrad Thompson will be doing right now. And the guy said, I don't know. Anybody got his number? What's wrong with you? I look at you. You've, you've laid this out, man. You've, you've become, you've become promoter of the year for a reason. You've become promoter of the year for the reason. And the fucking reason is, is because you work harder than anybody else. Well, I appreciate that. Now, listen, I'll take that as a compliment because, uh, you know, better than most. Mm Hmm. This is nonstop getting it over here. Like between the mortgages and the podcasts and the yeah. dumbass convention idea. And yeah. it's just 24 from the minute I wake up till I go to bed, it's getting it. I know. Plus on top of that, you getting ready to get married. And plus on top of that, you getting ready to fuck up everybody's lives in Las Vegas. Yeah. You especially. Yeah. So yeah, I'm getting married. You're getting divorced. We're throwing two parties. (laughs) Hey, by the way, uh, speaking of marriages, I had the most surreal experience of the month Mm -hmm. this week. Yeah. And we started the month with Starcast, and it got weirder. (laughs) Yes. I'm sure you're talking about that, uh, that little party that you had on the redneck Riviera. Yeah. There were, there were two billionaires at this, uh, commitment ceremony. Uh-huh. The Undertaker. Uh-huh. Michelle McCool. James Storm. Do you know any of those names I just rattled off? The Undertaker, I do. Okay. It, it wasn't Michelle McCool. Wasn't she the lead singer of the Fifth Dimension? Nope. Okay. That's Undertaker's wife. She's a wrestler. Okay. Um, Michael P.S. Hayes. Yeah. Dolph Ziggler. Um, Dennis Rodman. I know. I know. That's what I said. What the fuck? Uh, Darren Prince, who I guess is like uh, one of Hogan's reps. I mean, it was, it was, mm. it was interesting. Hurricane, well, Lo- Hurricane Helms was there. Mm. Have his mask on? No. I mean, he probably would have put it on if I'd asked him to. Right. Cause you know, he carries it everywhere. Right. But you know what? No, he probably wouldn't have. Cause people down there were really scared of the hurricane this week. Yeah, I know. Uh, they always are. If you say the word hurricane on the redneck Riviera. Yeah. Cause they remember he delivered that vertebraker down there on that last nitro. Right. About killed somebody. Yeah. 
Uh, Lois Shivani and Tony Shivani were invited and we didn't go. Well, I mean, you're not coming to mine either. By the way, I, I got the real scoop on that. You fucking kayfabe me last week. I hate using that word in this regard, but you on the show were like, I'm going to be there, buddy. And no matter what, Lois is going to be there. And then Megan said, Hey, did Hayes RSVP? I said, fuck, I don't know. She's like, well, is he coming? I was like, yes. Cause he won't stop talking about it. He's going to be there. And she says, okay, cool. You know, Tony's not coming. And I, uh-huh. He's like, yeah, he's coming to your bachelor party, but he's not coming to the wedding. I was like, oh, that works out. I'd rather him come to the bachelor party anyway. Well, I realized, uh, by the time you and I talked, the time Megan and I talked that we had a game at LXU that weekend. Yeah. It's not like that's an important game. It's not like y'all will both be ranked in the top six. Yeah. Well, that's, that's not the, that's not the, the reason. The reason is it's an away game. No, I'm just, I'm busting balls. It's clearly a big deal. And, and how often does Georgia play LSU? Uh, once every five years. And I mean, I'm going to get married more often than that. Right. <laughs> Realistically, just get me on the next one. <laughs> you got it, buddy. Ooh. Yeah. You know what? After next week in Las Vegas, you may not be getting married at all. No, I'm getting married here. Cause okay. you know how, you know how I know. Can I tell you the secret? Yeah. No phone policy. Okay. Going to be a person designated phone collector. You know what? And, and as Juventud Guerrero and silver King, and I'm, you know what? I By can't the way, wait this is this. a pay-per-view silver Kings on a pay-per-view. Just wanted yeah, to point that out. Yeah. Against Juventud because we got to have them goddamn luchadors. You know what I'm saying? Well, listen, you've got a crush on two of the three guys in the ring. Yeah, I do. Oh, uh, Charles and- Robinson was at the, uh, Charles Robinson was at the wedding. Oh, I'm sure he was. Mark sure Carano was. was there. Who was Who Mark was? Carano, head of talent relations for WWE. Really? Yep. Steve Rubin, who like runs all the ticketing for WWE. He was there. Shit. If I knew Carano was there, maybe, maybe I would have shown up. There was at least one guy trying to talk to Carano. Yeah, I bet. Uh, oh, you know, th- I, there was a, there was a dude in the mob there. Did I tell you about this? What? Yeah. It's for real. I can't like, say who I don't want to fucking die, but okay. Well, don't, you shouldn't even said that. Yeah. I mean, I don't really care. It's not like they're listening to this shit. Yeah. But it's well, like, a, it's like a legit mob family based out of Tampa. And, uh, yeah. So, okay. so I talked to the guy for like an hour and Rick's like, you need to Google him. I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, just Google him. So I'm like, I don't know his last name. So he types it into my phone and I just immediately, he's like, I got to go to bed. <laughs> I'm going to bed right now. Uh, Hey, so let me, let me get this straight as it's, it's really hard for me to concentrate on, on the ceremony that happened down at the redneck Riviera when I'm watching silver King in a pay-per-view it's, it's hard for me to concentrate on this, but let me get this right. Michael piece of shit. Hayes, right. Okay. Which it's PS stands for, uh, went all the way down to the redneck Riviera to this little get together they had All right uh but will not show up to your bachelor party correct okay just want to make sure i got that you know what i sent him a text last week when we were talking and i said that's right you piece of shit don't answer me and it said red on there so i know he read it but he still didn't answer me the first thing he when i saw him first thing he comes over and says hey fuck you and shivani 
<laughs> trying to get me to come to that goddamn bachelor party. I'm doing better than Shivani. I'm coming to the wedding. And I was like, damn, how does everybody know Tony's not coming to the wedding? Like this entire podcast was built around paying for your daughter's wedding. And you're not even fucking coming to mine. <laughs> what can I say? No, okay. I understand. You're going to get me out of baseball. I know. Yeah. But uh, this football shit. I mean, I'm fucked on that deal. I got it. I, it's my fault for getting married on a Saturday. Should have pulled a flare, done it at about two 30 on a Wednesday. Can I ask you something? Yes. Just between you and me. Yeah. Nobody's listening. It's just me and you two buds. Was that really a wedding? It was a commitment ceremony. Okay. A commitment ceremony. Yeah. Okay. You know, when they put people in the nut house, they have commitment ceremonies for them. Well, you guys put flair in the nut house in WCW. Oh, really? Yeah. You blaming me for flair having to go to the nut flair was in the nut house long before I met his ass. Yeah. Okay. So I just wanted to know, I mean, a commitment ceremony. I did see a picture of him sticking his tongue down her throat. Dude. What's great is my partner in the mortgage company just randomly sent me that picture and yeah. all caps just said, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, oh my God, this has gotten everywhere now, you know? Oh, Dolph Ziggler was there. Friend yeah. of the show. He was there. I don't know how I forgot that. He walked Wendy down the aisle, by the way, Rick walked out, uh, to his own wedding to the Ric Flair drip. Did he really? That was his, his entrance theme. Yeah. He would have loved to have been there by the way, when, uh, Michael Hayes got the mic and was read and was asked by Ric Flair to come sing. And immediately undertaker came to life <laughs> and started just nonstop jabs at Hayes. <laughs> it was hilarious. I bet it was. Oh, I should have gone. No, I should. I Lois said, I didn't know we were invited. I said, you wouldn't have gone. That's true. So, so why would I even tell you that? Hey, how about that move by silver King right there? That is a tremendous Lucha Libre move. By the way, uh, the hotel, where they did the, the deal was sold out, but apparently other people were saying <laughs> that it was like uh, $900 a night on a Wednesday night. I was like, Not holy shit. $900 a night on a Wednesday night. That's right. In September. It's not like peak season. It's the off season. I didn't think that sounded right, but when people were bitching, I was like, Hey man, have you heard about savecade.com? Knock out all that credit card debt. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. Don't get flared, run up a big hotel tab and have to call Gary Juster. Mm. No, just call Tony Schiavone over at savecade.com. Is it me or does silver King look like Dave Silva 300 pounds ago? No, doesn't look like him at all. I feel like it's pretty racist. You would even suspect or suggest okay. that. Okay. How about that? He slipped off a try to sunset flip and silver King. Hey, not going for it. Senor. You're not going to do a sunset flip on me. Amigo. I'm going to stick your head between my legs. I'm going to yank up on your torso. I'm going to smell your butt and I'm going to chop you down. I mean, why would he put his head down there and not do anything? I don't he know just what I just to smell his butt is what he did. Hey, by the way, uh, speaking of smelling butts, mm -mm. Meltzer would write in the newsletter that yep. 
his tight saying sweet surrender is some sort of inside joke. Yeah. Um, about gay stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. We've touched on that before. Oh, we talked about that. Yeah, we did. But you know, I, I so thought like it was such a random thing to like be in the newsletter. Like I would have never even guessed that. Sweet huh. surrender. Well, that, oh, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. I got it. What? We're all set. Don't worry about it. <laughs> what? Come lost. You know, that, you know when you say that, well, you know, you know what, when you say that away from a podcast, that scares the shit out of me. Now you're saying it in the podcast and I'm petrified. Well, you say, okay, no, no worry about it. We got it. Why? You just wait till we get to Vegas and you get the no, sweet see? surrender. Oh my God. The sweet surrender is not like a, a, a dessert dish at your dinner, which you say is the only thing you're going to. Okay. Aren't we going to this big steakhouse? Yeah, but you're going to get a fur burger with a side of thighs. <laughs> you're getting, <laughs> oh God. Yeah. You can eat it once you get past the smell. That's what they Shivani's say. Shivani's hobo restaurant. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, silver King. Look at that boy. I, didn't <laughs> I realize. fucking hate silver King. I have an irrational hate of silver King and I can't help it. And I'm sorry. I don't fucking like him. I'm allowed well, you to know not what? like him. I, I'm with, I'm with you too, man, because that should be the finish, but it's not. Oh, that's why you hate him because it should be the finish and it's not. Fucking a Frankensteiner off the top. Super backwards King. Frankensteiner, bro. Yeah. Going to go to the Hoovy driver, Hoovy driver, Hoovy driver, who the driver. Oh no. Inside credit. What two. Oh, he almost beat him. By the way, uh, Charles Robinson still looks the exact same. Oh, he's going to hear this. So we got to fuck with him. He told okay. me something he couldn't believe. And right. I, I ribbed him about it. Cause I, well, everybody at the table was like, that can't be real. He went and bought like, uh, his first suit in forever yeah. for this special occasion. Cause he doesn't need a suit to put together rings and WWE shows and referee matches so he didn't have to have a suit so we went and got a new suit for the special occasion in the big day which was cool but he told us that in order to get the suit he had to get it from the husky section what? I oh, haven't there heard. you go 450 hooventu gets the win as he should fucking silver king on a pay-per-view and oh by the God. way i know somebody listening is gonna try to hit me with the all who are you to doubt el dandy el dandy is a fucking saint he's a national treasure silver king though get out of here he needs to go home and eat his hobo food i mean i'm all in on hoovy though hoovy's one of my favorite luchadors ever yes and a very attractive young man hey also the husky yeah that's what i said I i'm like dude I was the fat kid in school i had to shop in the husky section you're yes. not a husky what the fuck are they talking about yeah. He's like, I, I don't know. Well, you know what? You know what it was? He went shopping. His mom took him shopping in the kids section. Oh, you nailed it. That's exactly right. He went to Oshkosh Bagosh. Right. I, my, we used to go, we used to go shopping for school clothes every year. And mom would drag me downtown Stanton, Virginia to Leggett. And we would go to get the Huskies section. And I was thinking, man, I hate this Husky. Oh man, I just, I had a, a terrible flashback 
that's shopping for school clothes, thanks to Charles Robinson, who ended up shop. Isn't it amazing? They were uh, their moms are probably talking to each other. Saying, There's a 71 year old man here shopping in the Huskies. Yeah, you know what? He may have to fill out paperwork after that. Absolutely. What the flying fuck? Charles Husky. Jesus. Oh. By the way, right now on the screen, the guy on the left is, is no longer with us, but the two dudes on the right, I rode to all in with. How random yeah. is this? Yeah. How about that? I didn't even that's recognize that that was Chad until I was literally in the car with him. And we just know- talked about him here on the show. I didn't know Chad was in there and oh, here we got uh, drunk, uh, Scott, uh, Scott hall. And of course this is leading up to, uh, uh, he's had enough Lee's had enough. As a reminder, we're not saying Scott is drunk here. He's doing a drunk character, doing the drunk character. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, let me just tell you, I was out on shirt twirls, dudes faces. And I, I recognize, don't you fucking at me on Twitter that we sell shirts with my face on it. I don't want to, and it's a cartoon face, but the life like in WWF, it got really popular for a while to have like a giant Shawn Michaels head on your shirt or a diesel or a razor Ramon or whatever. And then when they come over here, they even tried it with Scott Hall and Kevin Ash. You just saw it's fucking stupid. Yeah, it is. You know what I just realized? What? Lodi without those glasses on, he looks like the twin of Charles Robinson. You know, they're best friends in real life. Are they really? Yeah. I think Lodi even lives in one of Charles Robinson's many, many rental properties. You know, Charles Robinson is a multimillionaire. Yeah. What? What? No, you're bullshitting me. No, about. Charles Robinson is independently wealthy. He referees for the love of the game. And he puts up rings for the love of the game. Yeah. Cause he, here's the gimmick now. I'm speaking out of school here, but referees are independent contractors, people who hang lights, people who set up staging, people who set up rings, they're employees as an independent contractor. You don't get employee benefits, right? As an employee, you can participate in retirement insurance, blah, 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 blah. So the, Which- the gig is wear multiple hats. Yeah, yeah. But that's not necessary that. for Charles. Charles is from the JC Penny family. The Leggett family. Yeah. Charles Charles' great grandfather was Marshall, Mr. Marshall, and that's Marshall's stores. And his great great uncle was uh Mr. Cole from like Coles. <laughs> and his great grandmother <laughs> was, was was Sears and his great grandfather was Roebuck. Right. And his aunt was Buca de Beppa. Seriously. And he's got a cousin named Best Buy. <laughs> <laughs> his second cousin was Circuit City, but they, they're no longer with us. No. But, <laughs> but he married into the Amazon family. And unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> they had two kids, Prime and Next Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So by the way, this stupid gimmick here. Yeah. Is a Ravens flock feud where Saturn is trying to get people to defect from the flock. Right. And 
there are steps in this match where he can or cannot leave. This is dumb. Yeah, I, I think the steps are, if I recall that if he wins, then the, the flock is done, right? Yeah. They have he to disband, but if Raven right. wins, then Saturn has to join. Right. They're going to get a lot of time in this match too. They're going to go 14 minutes, which up until this point will be the longest match on the card. The opening match got 11 minutes. This one's going to go 14. Well, 14, you know, if done right, and we know Perry can work and I've, I've known Raven could work. Uh, 14 is not that bad. It's when you get up to 25 and 30 minutes is when you're, you know, you're pissing up a rope or another way you can be pissing up a rope. is if you have Billy Kidman come out, Oh, oh, there he is. Sorry. Well, it was just kind of a coincidental right there. Would you want to get hit in the head with a stop sign? I would not. You know, the best way not to get a hit in the head with a stop sign, be an announcer. Uh, no, not to bring one to the ring. Oh, he's taking care of every one of them, man. By the way, I love that gimmick right there. Put your arm between the pole and the steps yeah. and just push yeah. it into it. Yeah. And you, you can't work that, you know, you can't work that. Yes, in other can. words, the, the, it, it's going to smash the arm regardless of what you do. To me, serious business. If you're a wrestler, um, let's talk for a minute. Like it's real life. Okay. If you're a wrestler and your opponent has an eyebrow ring and like hoop earrings. Yeah. Wouldn't you just fucking rip them out? Yeah. Well, absolutely. You would, you know, that's what they've been doing with, uh, so they've been doing with, uh, the Viper and, uh, one of the Hardy boys recently. By the way, let me just mention that thunder set we just saw in the package. It's my favorite thunder set. I liked it a lot better than the goddamn aggro crag. Really? Oh, that aggro crag shit was horrible. Okay. Aggro crag. <laughs> hey, see that banner back there? Fall brawl. Yeah. Rumor and innuendo is that on Wednesday of this week at an undisclosed location. Okay. I'm getting some good shit. Oh, really? Yep. I'll be sure to send you pictures of the hall, but I'm trying to, um, load the wagons in case. In case. Yep. That's it. In case there was a period after that. Hmm. Who are these guys behind JJ Dillon? The guy on the left, we saw a lot. Yeah. These are, these were all the. Uh, a lot of these guys were shooting Charlotte police officers. I mean, shooting. Not, as, so, well, not bang, bang, but real Charlotte police. Officers. Wait, hang on. If you're going to say bang, bang, you have to do it like cactus Jack. Bang, bang. Oh, what's yeah. in seats. <laughs> bang, bang. What's in seats. Uh, this guy is a police officer. Uh, and, uh, have you met John Collins? John Collins yeah. plays for the, uh, Atlanta Hawks. No, the police officer. No. Yep. Those are all Charlotte police officers. Those are Doug Dellinger's men. Hmm. So now, uh, 
Canyon is how about Doug Dillinger sporting that fucking beeper on his hip? You think he used to get a bunch of one, four, threes, one, four, threes. Yeah. I don't know what a one, four, three is. It's short code for, I love you. Uh, okay. I know nobody ever sent you that. No, it's probably like, and you know what? Lois worked in the police department for a long time. I feel like if you got a message like that, it was like, bring home more Ovaltine. <laughs> you know, a Lois, uh, she's gone now. She's drunk to bed. Probably drunk. Late. Yeah, it's late, but she went to bed, but I'm going to say, how come I see, you know, all those police codes. How come you never sent me a one, four, three. I don't think it's a police code. It's not. Okay. No, no. Now I bet, I bet you're going to do a one, eight, seven up in the Sapphire. <laughs> What's that? It's a police code for murder. But you know what you're going to murder? Yeah, um, my marriage. Yeah, that's exactly right. Matrimony. <laughs> Matrimony. <laughs> hey, uh, hypothetically speaking. Yeah. How far away from Vegas does Medusa live? Uh, quite a way. She lives in Florida. Oh, that's a quick flight. <laughs> you know what? You could you 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 can get me. Yeah. Are you okay? Uh, Try yes. again. Try again. Take a deep breath. Okay. Okay. Take a deep breath. You can do it, Tony. Two things. Two things come into play here. Uh, with you thinking about flying Medusa. No, 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 no. I didn't say. No, I was flying no yeah, you were. Oh, yeah, you were. Are you wouldn't have said that? Uh, two things. Okay. Number one is. Number one is you can get my marriage ended. That's number one. And number two, you can get an Army Ranger in the middle of the night at the Tropicana Hotel to where I'm staying to slit my throat. Wait a minute. First of all. Two things. Yeah. I'm not bringing Medusa in. Okay. And not for any other reason than she's on a texting basis with somebody in my house. So she can't come. Mm. Uh, number two, did you just tell everybody where you were staying? I guess I did. I mean, you were sort of half hot at me that I gave away your real address here on the show, <laughs> but now you're telling people where you're staying. What's the yeah. difference? Well, that's in case that people at the university of Georgia are looking for me on Saturday morning. Oh, they can so I, have so somebody I, break down the door, identify the body. Well, yeah, exactly. he's at 3801 South Las Vegas Boulevard <laughs> at the four-star hotel, the Tropicana, which I can't believe is still operational. The Tropicana just in name sounds like something that Robert De Niro had a gambling scheme at in about 1995. Well, let me tell you about the Tropicana. They got bed bugs and hookers and you're in. No, no. well, it's, it's old school and it's close to the airport. Oh, I'm not, I'm not mad at it. Okay. By the way, Tropicana looks like the, the place I went once my first trip to Vegas and ordered a jumbo shrimp cocktail for 99 cents. Yeah. turns out what it is, is it's a bowl of maggots. It's a big bowl. But the shrimps are like the size of your goddamn fingernail clippings, your pinky nail clippings, but it's a big bowl of them. It's like, and they're like, it's a jumbo. I mean, it is jumbo. The order is jumbo, but the individual shrimps aren't jumbo. We didn't say they were, but we got your dollar fat boy. Keep it moving. By the way, I'm looking at the photos and it's pretty nice. 
bowl of maggots. All the photos look nice. Yeah, they do. But- I'm going to go in and I'll say, can I have a bowl of maggots? <laughs> and then we're going to ship your body back home to 4665 Newell Drive, Marietta, Georgia. Oh, I got a new address. <laughs> yeah. She didn't clean up that dog hair, so it didn't sell. You're still there. Oh, I do. Actually, I have, uh, I've had a lot of, uh, a lot of our patrons patrons have asked me, uh, do you, uh, have an address that I could send you some stuff because, you know, Paul Bromwell sent me all of that stuff. So yeah, uh, on Patreon, I'll, on Patreon, I'll have my new address. It's an address. Uh, it's our, my business address now. Everybody's got my business address. You can just Google it. Hey, have you heard of, um, Tom McGuire and the brass holes? <laughs> uh, Tom McGuire and the brass holes. That's right. H O L E S or yeah. W H O L E S B R A S S H O L E S. No, is that, is that like a, some sort of punk band? Uh, no, but they do have a new song and they just pushed out, uh, <laughs> I guess it's their debut single and it came out over the weekend and, uh, I let them know that we were going to be talking about it and playing it and we have their permission to play it. And I'd like to play a little bit. Okay. It's why would, okay. It, it seems like coincidental that you would call say that the brass holes would be pushing out something. Yeah. Well, yeah. what was everybody in the crowd here chanting on September 13th, 1998 in Winston-Salem? We want flair. We want flair. Here's their debut single Rick flair. Is this an instrumental? Nope. Sure. Yeah, hang in there. Patience, grasshopper. With a hippest nose at So what do you think? 
Uh, it's uh, I like the brass section. I think it's pretty cool, actually. We'll uh, we'll go ahead and throw it up on our Twitter machine so you can see this. But go out of your way to support fellow wrestling fan Tom McGuire and his band, The Brass Holes. McGuire, by the way, is M C G U I R E. So different than Mark McGuire, this is Tom McGuire, and the video has cameo appearances by a guy dressed up like Rick Flair and Jake, the snake and the ultimate warrior and got the big pink limousine. Good fun. Yeah, absolutely. Meanwhile, uh, Perry Saturn and Raven going at it, giving 14 minutes and not doing a bad job. Both guys can work. Absolutely. One, e- two, a couple of ECW alumni here. Yeah. The match would actually not get that bad of a rating. Although this show was fucking horrible. This gets a three and a half, which, uh, up until this point was the highest rated thing on the show. Actually, this is going to be the highest rated thing. Well, yeah. And you know what? I, I can see why, because uh, again, both these kids can work. And when I, you know, you take a look at up and down the card, look at that sign. We want flair, man. <laughs> Yeah, they're ready for it. And you're in Flair country here. You're in North Carolina. I guess we should mention it's a huge show here. Financially. It is a sellout. 11,528 fans pay 218 grand, another 85 K in merchandise, but Meltzer would write whether fall brawl set a new standard for awful pay-per-view is a debatable issue. What isn't debatable is that it was near the top of any list for the worst pay-per-view wrestling shows ever. With the possible exception of the triple decker cage match a few years back on uncensored and perhaps some Andre, the giant matches toward the end of his career, this may have been the worst pay-per-view main event of all time. About 20 minutes of bad wrestling made worse by a finish that simply defied description. Unlike previous WCW shows with bad main events, this didn't have anything on the undercard with the exception of the Raven match that remotely saved it. And featured four other matches that would have won one worst match on any other normal bad pay-per-view show. Well, I can say this to that had the Steiner brothers match had a decent finish. Sure. That would, that could have saved to help saved it. They got a negative one star. Ernest Miller and Norman Smiley got a negative one star. Right. Chris Jericho got half a star. Uh, the Davy boy Smith match got a quarter star hooven two got two stars, uh, Dean Malenko and Kurt coming up next are going to get a star and a half Conan uh, and Scott Hall are going to get a dud and your main event gets negative four stars. Has there ever been a negative four star? Oh, I've been negative uh, way more than that. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's been like a negative 10 star once. Wow. I could be wrong on that. Wow. Well, you know, and, and I agree with all this, that it's just, it's just absolutely terrible. And I just, I, I don't get it. I don't that. Whoa, boy, death Valley driver or turn around, turn around. And he kicks out in two. Fans are kind of getting into this as well. Here we go. Uh, here are, I found it. 
One, okay. two, three, four, five. There were six other negative four star matches uh, that you would have been around for. Oh, by the way, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, WrestleMania three, that got negative four stars. WrestleMania five, the next year, the Bushwhackers and the Rougeau brothers, that got negative four. Uh, Clash of the Champions from November of 90 with Sid Vicious and the Night Stalker, that got negative four. Uh, Sting and Tony Palmore got negative four for the New Japan battle in 95. Uh, and then a TNA show with Charmel and Jenna, who was a reality show person, got negative four stars in 09. But the worst negative five stars um, was a Triple Mania show from 2015, a Heroes of Wrestling match with the Bushwhackers from 99. Uh, WrestleMania twos, Roddy Piper and Mr. T moon dog spot and junkyard dog at the wrestling classic in 85. Wow. And then my favorite yours too. Halloween havoc, 1998 Hulk Hogan, the warrior, which we've covered with the flash paper that just wouldn't go. Right. Yeah. You know what? I agree with, I agree with that. I, here's one thing of all those negative and I didn't see all those negative star matches, but Hulk Hogan and Andre, the giant WrestleMania three may have been a negative four star match or negative, whatever star match, but how come it always, we always remember it. Yeah. But I mean, in fairness, I remember the worst bout of diarrhea I ever had too. All right. Rings of Saturn rings of Saturn. Come on. He's got to be out by now to be clear. Uh, I'm not shitting on the Andre, the giant Hulk Hogan match. I'm just saying you can remember bad stuff too. Yeah, I know, but nobody remembers it as being bad. Everybody just remembers it as being just historic. Is that the right proper term or sure? No, it was a, it's a happening. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, you know, I remember the. When the bell rang, the face-off they had, I remember that, you know, uh, Hogan trying to pick him up and Andre falling on him and Hogan and Andre almost getting the win, you know, early in the match. And I remember Hogan finally picking him up and slamming him. And so there's a lot of things about that match. Of course, I remember it being, you know, at WrestleMania three and how big that was, but I just, I just, I just don't think that that's, it's fair to give that match set anyway. Just my, my take on that. All the other matches. Hey, why not? And certainly what we're getting ready to see. Wow. What we're getting ready to see is going to be, uh, one of the worst as well. No doubt. Referee is down. Canyon <laughs> broke from the handcuffs. How do you give the, was the handcuffs in the referee's, uh, shirt pocket there or something? He's going to uncuff himself and then recuff himself. Yeah. Oh, and he kicked out and look at the fans react, man. I wonder, you know, I, I really think sometimes, I think a lot of times I, I, I'd like to talk to someone who was at the event. Now, you know, we're talking to 1998, so we're talking 20 years ago. There, I mean, we've got a lot of listeners who are at this, though, because we get 
we, we, I get comments all the time from people who went to these war games in Winston Salem, by the way, I'm going to be in Winston Salem with Bruce Pritchard for WrestleCade, And I can't believe you're not going to be there. Cause you're at the dumbass Georgia, Georgia tech game. Yeah. Can you come after, uh, you know, that's going to be an early game. Cause that's a really shitty rivalry. Nobody thinks Georgia tech has a chance at anything unless you're Roman reigns. Who, by the way, was the uh, special uh, guest picker on ESPN this weekend, this past weekend? Yeah, I didn't see it. Did they boo him there too? I don't know if they did or not. I, I only, I only saw it. Uh, I didn't hear it with the sound up. There it is. One, two, three, and Saturn wins the freedom of the flock. So here's my my question about that. Uh, my original question is. Sometimes what sucks on pay-per-view by watching on TV, if you're at the arena, you go home thinking, man, I had a great time. That was a great show. So I'd like to hear from somebody who was there who said, you know what? Nobody thought that about this, dude. Come on. No, you never know. I mean, look, fans were enjoying this. I I get it. Yeah. Good match. I get it. But you go home after a shitty finish and you think I was a shitty show. I just, sometimes I'm not so sure. Sometimes you take, you get a TV show that has a shitty camera work, B shitty lighting, C shitty announcing, and it makes for a bad TV show. But if you're there live, you're thinking, man, I loved every bit of every bit of it. Cause I talked to this guy that I work with at the radio station who was at our, uh, our super brawl show at the cow palace years ago. And I think that was like super brawl five or whatever it was. I think we've already done that. It's back in the archives. And I remember that not being that good of a show. And he say, man, that was great show. We had a great time. We enjoyed every bit of it. So sometimes it gets lost in translation. Once it gets on the small screen, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And of course, bad announcing would have a lot to do with that too. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're, I'm sure you're fucking the show up too. We've just, yeah, I, I, I listen, I did my best to fuck up as many shows as I could, because as we know, Conrad, I just didn't give a fuck. Yeah, that's right. I, I Tony Schiavone did. He did. That's what I did. Only thing I was worried about is putting butts in the seats. No, you were uh, putting checks in the bank. That's checks in the bank. Yeah. Exactly. And as long as you could put your butt, is that girl bouncing her boobs up and, oh, okay. She, <laughs> she was, she had a Wolfpack shirt and she was. <laughs> Yanking on the shirt. Looked like she had her hands on her boobs, bouncing up and down. I'm thinking, what are we doing? Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh, I thought they were setting up the war games. No, they're just telling the story of, of how we got here with Kurt. And, um, you know, there's going to be a double team in just a minute here on Dean Malenko with Rick Rude interfering. And that's going to bring out Arn Anderson gets everybody really excited. And. It's really the precursor for flair coming back. So this is the go home edition of nitro for the show. We're watching right now. Fall brawl. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, boy, Kurt Hennig was a great performer, man. Yeah. You know, when, when I watched this with, uh, with Eric, he said the same thing. He said, that's what stuck out to him. The most is that he's probably the best, you know, quote unquote seller. And in, in his, that he knows of in wrestling, like ever. Yeah. You know, something else I noticed about this show, not many promos. Yep. 
had a couple of backstage things. We had that Scott Steiner thing that we talked about. Uh, we had the uh, Jericho thing, and that's about it. Yeah, we haven't even gotten you to do a Mean Gene Hotline promo yet. I know we haven't. So there's nothing to do uh, unless they were going to do something. To say we had to look at this. Rick uh, Rude. I saw Stevie Ray come running out. I just, you know, I, I love Stevie Ray really do. He's got his own podcast. What's it called? Uh, hello. Is anybody home? Was the name of the podcast. Uh, and, uh, but I just didn't get him in this main event here. Somebody had the job brother. Well, then we really telegraphed it. Didn't we? Stand up for greatness with Stevie Ray is the name okay. of the show. All right. I had him on my radio show in Atlanta one time, which is now defunct. I had him on my radio show in Atlanta and we, we talked about that. It was good. And that was last year. We had him right after they, you know, they had the, uh, all the rain in Houston. By the, the way, I'm pretty hit. sure the show is now defunct. What's that? I think the show is now defunct. Is it really? But one of my favorite topics that I'm looking at here, mm-hmm. uh, hard body Harrison and wrestling's forgotten jobbers. Uh, huh. You've got questions. Stevie Ray's got answers. Uh, huh. Was that it? Two episodes when Haku used his finisher in a real fight and more. Oh, uh, we kind of told those stories. Yeah. Yeah. Arn Anderson, man. A skinny Tony Schiavone there holding the microphone. Arn Anderson again. He's for real, buddy. By the way, I don't know how this slipped out. Stevie Ray has an official Twitter. I don't think enough people know about this. I'm going to follow him right now. He is at real Stevie Ray on Twitter machine. At real Stevie Ray. I didn't know that. Yeah. At real Stevie Ray. Is he still pissed off about us about suckers got to know? No, nah, he tried to come to Starcast. I think he's okay. Uh, two very close friends here in real life. Of course, they're both passed on. I, uh, I went to, uh, Rick Rude's funeral and Kurt Hennig spoke at the funeral and, uh, Kurt had some very, very, it was very entertaining, very humorous. And you know, it, it's, it, it's not easy speaking at a funeral. I know when it's your best friend that's passed away, but, uh, he did a great job. I'll never, will forget that. I'll never get the stories he told, he told about them hunting together up in Minnesota and, uh, in the cold weather and, uh, very entertaining stories at a difficult time. And he could do it, buddy. You know, it's crazy right now in the ring. The only person alive is Dave Penzer, Rick rude, Mr. Perfect, Brian Hildebrand, all no longer with us. Wow. Man. What type of a God? Takes all those guys and leaves us Dave fucking Penzer. Isn't that something? And not only that, it leaves us David Penzer with the way he is now. By the way, I'm going to be doing some business, some more business with Dave Penzer. I don't know that you know that, but 
we've already, we've already helped some listeners get into a new house because save Cade, that's what we do. But Dave Penzer in real life is now a realtor. Yeah. You know what? I, I knew that he said that. And so he's, you're helping Dave Penzer. Well, whenever I find somebody who wants to buy a house in Florida, right. I'll hook him up with uh, Dave Penzer. All right. I mean, to me, if I was a wrestling fan and Dave Penzer could be my referee, my, uh, my realtor, I'd be in. Yeah, I, I agree. And if I was buying in Georgia, I might buy from Rick Steiner. Then there again, I might just go bark at traffic. Or tell parents, shut the fuck up, which I would, I would love to be on that committee. You, you already do that. Yeah. Look, I have, a, as you might imagine, as you might have, I have a real, real problem with parents. Yeah. I mean, you're a parent. You don't even like yourself. Well, no, 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 no. That's what you got to, you know, I was a little league baseball coach for many years and I had way too many run-ins with parents. Well, why, and, why, but, but why though? What'd you do to them? I didn't do anything to them because we, you weren't playing their kid enough. You know, you know, fuck you and the horse you came in on. Why are you so angry? I, I just, I hold the grudge. I hold a grudge against parents. And that's why my, my middle son, Chris said, uh, years ago, he said, I think I'm going to be a, I'm going to get into teaching. I'm going to go, go to school to be a teacher. And I said, don't you dare. He said, why? I said, because you don't want to teach other kids. You just don't. I say, you just, you worry about your own kids. Not fuck. And I talked him out of that. Because dealing with parents is the worst thing in the world you can deal with. Really? Yeah, it's the worst thing in the world you can deal with. They're out of control. They, they're they not rational. They're fucked in the brain. Wow, you're coming in hot. Uh, you're not kidding, I am. All right, meanwhile, back to the match. What did this match get? This match didn't get three and a half stars? No. Star. These two kids, these two kids can work. Star and a half. Really? Yep. I don't get that. I mean, then they, then, uh, the match, apparently you got two guys that can work. You got a damn good referee and it gets a star and a half. It's telling me that either they were just fucking lazy or they didn't want to work or it was, uh, the match was not set up well, or it had no heat. I don't know, but that's hard for me to believe that Malenko can work and Hennig who could work would get a star and a half. They're fucking super talented performers. That's for sure. Nobody's arguing that. Right. Now this was a time, this was the day before Ric Flair made his debut with his, uh, back in the archives. That's right. His big return. Right. right. And they were kind of expecting Rick to show up here. Weren't they? Yeah. People are chanting. We want flair. We want flair. I just saw a sign. that said, welcome home flair. Yeah. He's not coming home until the next day and he's supporting the tucks. Fire me. I'm already fired. Right. Right. By the way, that's what we sort of flip-flopped it accidentally. Um, right. You, uh, and we watched the flare return and now this show, but on Bischoff's podcast, we did it the other way. Last week we watched fall brawl this week. We did the flare returns. So if you want to hear what, um, Bischoff has to say about his feud with flare in 98 and the return it's on 83 weeks th- this week. That should be interesting as well. 
Yeah. Did you, did you argue with him? Did you get pissed off at him? Did he, yeah, he shout at you? Know, you? Listen, he said some dumb shit a couple of times and I called him out, but in the end, it wasn't that bad. We weren't yelling or fussing or nothing. All right. Well, that's good. I always like my friends to get along with each other. Oh, we don't get along. We, we just didn't yell today. Well, we should all get along. You, me, Bruce, him. No, but we're he, family, he, man. He even said this week on the show, like, I don't have friends. I, it's just not my personality. I'm quiet. Huh? Meanwhile, me and you are, you we're know, buddies. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you know what you're doing in Las Vegas. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. You always, show. you always bring it back to that. Don't you? Well, I mean, just it's, you know, shit's going on. Yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is. One of my favorite cliches. You had a good run though. Really? When you think about it, I mean, how, how many years were you all together? Happily 37. No, no. I said happily. Oh, three. Yeah. I mean, three. really you're getting greedy after that. If we're honest. Yeah. Yeah, the first three years, I think, uh, that was the first two years. And then Matt came along. Yeah. Not, not to blame Matt, but you know, no, no, you like, it's you like changes when you have a kid. Yeah. It's Matt's fault though. I mean, let's just call it yeah. like it is. Yeah. A little fucker. I yeah. mean, you were able to do whatever you wanted to do. Walk around the house naked. I, I walk around the house naked now. Oh yeah. I'm sure. I mean, we're looking for it every day on Patreon. I do. As but, Lois. What's it going to take to get. Tony Schiavone ass naked on Patreon. Oh, uh, it's going to take a lot. Might just happen accidentally. If I no, just click no, no, the no, live no, no, button. No, no, I, I would never do that because, you know, we like to think that our people on Patreon are just, they're just us, right? We're just a group and we're all friends hanging around together, but I end up getting naked on Patreon. Someone's going to screenshot it and put it on social media. That's why we have a no phone policy in Las Vegas. Yeah. We don't want you to be a buff bagwell and have a hashtag baby dick on Showtime. Uh, run that one by me. You, you, you. What's what's that about buff and what's that about a hashtag? You know, buff bagwell was on that gigolo show on Showtime. You didn't, you knew that. We've talked about this. No, I didn't know that. Yes, I did. Right. Are you kidding? You don't remember Cowboys for Angels dot com? Yeah, oh yeah, I remember that bullshit. Well, anyway, he was on the show Gigolo on Showtime. Okay. You don't remember this at all, do you? Yeah, I do. Well, anyway, uh, he was nude on there. He was nude on the gigolo show. Yeah. That I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, he had sex with a lady on showtime. He actually had sex on TV. I can't believe you don't remember this. I remember cowboys for angels or whatever, or angels for cowboys or whatever. Well, good for buff. Check your email. Okay. I shall. Meanwhile, we're getting a one and a half star match that I think it. Oh. Wait, what did you say? A one and a half inch. What? You hadn't even got the pictures yet. Calm down. One and a half star match. Oh, sorry. 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 Yeah. Star. Yeah. Take a look. Okay. Well, I'm in the midst of a, uh, of a podcast here. I don't know if I can really. Yeah, you can. You can pull up your email. It's 2018. It's not come through yet. Well, you'll be very excited when you get it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, uh, where are we here? Back to the show. We go. 
Are you all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for the email. Um, <laughs> you got the email? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Can you believe what you just saw? No. You, you thought I was making it up a little, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. Here comes, uh, here comes some uh, flapjack wino. Fast, no, that's, that's Fast. Okay. All in the black. Wow. Wow. Hodge. Arn was done by this time, wasn't he? Yeah, he had been retired for over a year. He gave him his spot over a year. Right. Prior to that. I, that, that, the reason I'm saying that is that he took a double axe handle to the back of the head. By the way, let me just tell you, I love that The Rock very blatantly stole his kicks from Kurt. You do? You know, it's funny because I've seen in more recent years, it feels like I've seen more Rock matches than I have Kurt's. But then you see exactly how Kurt delivers the kick and you're like, oh, rock just stole it directly from him. Right. He does like he picks his leg up and like shakes it for a minute and then kicks mm-hmm. you with it. Right. Which is so funny. I love it. So now here's the, here's the part where the fans are thinking Flair's going to come down. You see, Spe- Arn gets hit. Spe- speaking of coming, has the, have those pictures come yet? That was the second email. Oh. <laughs> you all right? Yes, I am. It's just terrible. What? What? What's terrible? Is my hashtag making sense now? Oh, my God. You all right? Yes, I'm fine. I'm telling all my... Tell everybody what you're seeing here. This is not a video show. This is audio. You owe it to your audience. I'm, 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 I'm seeing buff talk to this old lady with her boobs down to her knees. He's not talking to her brother. That's yes, cowboys for angels.com. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, anyway, God bless him. Okay, where are we in the show? <laughs> what the fuck are you sending me shit for? Dude, you asked? No, I didn't ask. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so uh, you know what? You know what? We'll 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 pick this up. We'll pick up this show, this podcast, which which may go down as our worst of all time. No, it's not. If it gets that bad, we'll just we'll just call Rick Flair again, like we did that <laughs> one time when it was really bad. So, yeah, uh, you know what would uh, pep up this uh, podcast? What's that? It would be K-Dog going up against Scott Hall. I'm in. Uh, damn, here we go. <laughs> yes, sir. But, you know, if I'm Scott Hall, not only am I, if I'm pissed off about this drunk gimmick they want me to do, but I'm even more pissed off that I've got Mike Jones walking out with me. Who? Mike Jones. What's your number? 281-330-8004. I think you should hit Mike Jones upon the low because Mike Jones is about to blow. Did you know that? That Mike was about to blow? No. Yeah. Now you do. Wow. Hey, uh. 
got some ideas for next year. Put a, put a bullet to my head. No. My, okay. What's that? What's the ideas for next year? I mean, how bad do you want to quit baseball? Well, I, I, well, anyway, what's, what's the idea? Hashtag baby dick on showtime. <laughs> you know, here's what I'm saying. Let's run through this. It's been, right. it, by the time buff Bagwell got the gigolo show, he had been off TV for a while. You're on TV every fucking Friday. Yeah. But look, yeah, but, but he was a good looking young man. No, I, it, I'm this old doughboy fuck. But did you see the lady in the pictures with him? Yes. You're telling me that you're not the male equivalent of the lady in the picture. Yeah. Well, probably. So that's what I'm saying. Let's have you just embrace it and go all in. What? You're running out of shit to talk about here, buddy. Dude, I got to try to figure out how to make Conan and Scott Hall as they do a <laughs> drunk angle where he is stumbling around and Bischoff said, this is the thing that embarrasses him the most. You know, obviously he regrets the whole flair thing, but he thinks this is probably the most embarrassing because this was his idea and he pitched it and he presented it and Scott did it. But clearly he took a real life situation and blurred the lines and that's what he was known for. But really what he's doing here is exploiting someone's real life struggle. Right. And he wishes he had it to do over again. And there's nothing fun or funny or interesting about that. No, because you know what? Scott Hall, without all of this, was a cool motherfucker. Still is. Still is. And was, uh, had a great gimmick. Didn't need this at all. By the way, if I'm dumb enough to do a star cast too, Scott Hall's in. Yeah. Couldn't have been cooler. Glad to have Wish him. You know, because here's the deal. Guys are quick to shit on people. And so whenever, you know, I started to promote that Scott was going to be there, I had a ton of people who were like, oh, and I heard everybody's this thing or that thing. But I've always been of the mindset. You treat people how they treat you and dude, he's aces. He gets a bad rap. Hey, listen, I probably know Scott Hall longer than anybody I've, I've known in wrestling. Really? Yeah. Oh, because of the, uh, what was it? Starship Cody or some shit like that? No, no. Well, yeah, he was on the, he and Danny Spivey were on Starship, whatever they were, but they were also, again, they were, they worked under Klondike bill and they worked they were the grounds crew at old Crockett park. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. You told us yeah. that. So, uh, so I've, I've known Scott forever and, uh, I've always, I've always had a, I, uh, I may have told this story before, but when, you know, before he got hooked up with diamond Dallas page and things were really going downhill for him, I, sir, I tried to find out where he was. And I ran across this person who knew where I could get in touch with Scott. And I said, I need to get in touch with Scott. Why? Well, because I'm concerned about him. And that person told me he doesn't want to see anybody. Yeah. That's a shame too. Yeah. So cuz a lot of people cared about him but you know thankfully yes. his story has a very very happy ending. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's in a good place, he's doing well. And um 
you know, a lot of other people didn't have that story. Right. I'm happy for him. Yeah, I am too. I'm happy for him too. Well, now he and K dog going to get it on here. Conan, who is uh, now part of MLW. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's good to have Conan back. He and I, uh, got to talk a little bit in Fort Lauderdale recently. And, uh, I know Conan's had some health problems, uh, but he's bounced back nicely. And, uh, man, I, you know, I always love this look with him, with the hat and the, uh, the shirt, the plaid shirt. I really thought he was really fucking cool. And so did she, man. I think Conan was one of those guys and, and Scott Hall's like this too. They were just fucking born cool. Right. And that really is like, um, I mean, that's just the vibe for everything Conan does. Like even his podcast is just cool. Right. But why in the world he hooked himself up with the disco inferno. I'll never know. Well, everybody needs cannon fodder. Yeah, I guess so. And, and, and disco is, is a great sport, right? You know, he gets it. Yeah. Now does it, uh, Odele, 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 Aviva la raza. Oh, look at you rolling the Mars like yeah, Lillian Garcia. Here, touch this. That's enough. Oh, I liked all that shit he did, man. Not only that, man, back in the day when he was, uh, in his prime, he was as good a worker as any of them could do some great shit. Conan could oil of Holy LA shit. all day, every day. <laughs> oh man. This you is going to get a dud like, rating, by the way, they're going to go 12 minutes and, um, the match dies. It gets a dud, but it does because they're just really trying to tell a story more than the match. And the story they're trying to sell, tell is Scott Hall's, uh, drinking is out of control. And exactly. Yeah. And by the way, one of the things I always found interesting in this is the gap between the rings. There's nothing there. Like to me, there should be something there. Guys are going to jack their ankles or roll a knee or something. Right. And I believe, uh, didn't the NXT, uh, one that we did. Yeah. They had something there. Had something there. I, I enjoyed, uh, I think it was Arn Anderson or Barry Wyndham, one of them where they just stuck their head in there and pretended like they were plunging their head, which was hilarious. Right. Right. Of course, none of that fun shit's going to happen. It's just going to be a train wreck of a main event coming up in just a minute. Taking a good thing, you know. <laughs> you know, by now, uh, you can, you can, what's he doing? You can see, if you're the opponent, you can see the toothpick gimmick coming at you. But they always act surprised. Like, what the fuck did you just do, man? I didn't see that toothpick coming. See, Scott can everything, every, not everything, but most of the stuff that Scott did looks so legit. And I talked about him having probably one of the best working punches ever. 
could take some pretty good bumps too as well. So this match is a dud. Yeah. You disagree? Well, we're only a couple minutes into it. I don't know if, uh, the 12 minutes counts, uh, all that Scott was doing, talking and everything, if that counts in the 12, but the fans are kind of into this. See the fans standing up some of them and popping with what Conan just did. You know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what constitutes a dud to me. What constitutes a dud is two guys who can't work. All right. And I know these two guys can work two guys who can't work missing spots that were choreographed that shouldn't have been choreographed anyway, and just doing shit that makes no sense. I, you, you got two guys who I know can work. You got fans reacting to some of their stuff. I'm not so sure that constitutes a dud. I mean, I've seen a lot of duds before, you know, I talked about Evan courageous. I've always shit on him. Uh, the fact is that Evan courageous had some good match Todd champion. A lot of times when he wrestled, wrestled a dud because he couldn't do things. Van hammer couldn't do things. These two guys can do things. So why you call it a dud? I don't get it. See that, that that roll through. You'll see when you get to the finish though. Okay. All right. So maybe the finish, it it just, he's not looking at the entire body of work. He's just looking at the finish and giving it a, a ratings because of that. Well, there's a good way to use the crease between the rings. So, you know, I, I, I just, I just, I, I don't understand that. I, I what always to me was like, for instance, earlier we saw silver King and Hooventude and silver King should never be on a pay-per-view. I get it, but silver King missed a couple of moves and it looked shitty. And guys would go out there and they would rehearse shit and, and guys who can't work, they would do all these spots. They would rehearse it. If they go in the ring and the lights are on, the cameras are rolling and the bell rings. If they miss one fucking move, everything goes to shit. That's a dud, not guys being able to work and doing things like this. That looks pretty good in spots that look okay. I just, Hey, you know what? Dave Melcher and I have become buddies again. So I'm not going to say fuck Dave Meltzer. Oh my gosh. I'm so thankful to hear you say that. Are you? Yeah. He's, he's always been a good guy to me. And, you know, I know we cover his newsletter a lot, but he was doing his job and reporting the news and giving his opinion. And a lot of people take it very, very personally. And obviously Bischoff's taking it to another level. And man, I'm just really, really glad that you're, you're getting off that train because Bruce and Eric are fucking not. And it's a lot. Yeah. You know, I, I am. I, 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 I like Dave a lot. Always did. Uh, and of course, you know, the, uh, FDM came very, very, became very popular with our slap dicks. And I appreciate that. Uh, I don't appreciate the fact that you had to call him to be put over by him, but you know what? That's life. That happens. Journalists are like that all around. And then you tell me you would just put in the wrestling hall of fame. Yeah. Uh, over the, uh, over in England, over the weekend, last weekend, it was media con 
Uh-huh. And uh, the first class of wrestling MediaCon Hall of Famers featured Colt Cabana, who's really the OG of wrestling podcasts. Right. Uh, and of course, Mr. Dave Meltzer. Well, good for Dave. Yeah. I got to see he and Brian Alvarez at Starcast. It was good to good to talk to him. And we didn't get to talk that much. People were coming up, you know, when people come up, autograph, you know, I want to spend time with them, but we got to talk a little bit and that was good. Good. Thank you for see see what you've done for me. What? I got you back uh mending fences. Yeah. Well, that makes me happy. Yeah, that's I, what I you've like done. Dave. And you know, I think a lot of people assume that I hate Dave and that I'm two faced with Dave or whatever, because a lot of my co-hosts just shit on him, but that's not my intention at all. Like I want to use the newsletter because I'm a 20 something year subscriber. And I think it's the best resource for sort of telling the story of what really happened. And obviously he got some stuff wrong, but shit, how can you not? I mean, when you're talking about writing a hundred thousand words a week on, on a topic and a lot of it comes through different filters. And we've talked about that. You know, you sort of alluded to it a few minutes ago, guys would call and give him updates. And in return, it's natural that you develop friendships there. I mean, what type of monster would you be if you talk to a guy with any regularity and you don't develop some sort of relationship, some sort of friendship. And you know, we, we sort of started the show talking about something like that, a different relationship, but let's talk about it. I think people are unfair to Eric Bischoff when they say that he catered to Hulk Hogan too much. I mean, obviously he can make that claim now with the benefit of hindsight and, and a lot of people can, you know, with the things that worked or didn't work. But realistically, if you're in Eric Bischoff spot and you really are a quote unquote C team announcer, when you come in and you've got a guy who at this point has grossed more money in professional wrestling than anyone except Vince McMahon, but just at the box office, like this guy drew more money than anybody, the top guy for over a decade, he's the man. And so when he says, and he's on your team, Hey, why don't we do this? I think this will be money. Like you don't vote against that guy, right? Like if Virgil on the outside says, what about this? You consider the source, not shit and just saying, but when the guy who's drawn more money than anybody ever says, Hey, why don't we do this? You got to think it's worth a listen to make another example. And this will piss people off. But if Tom Brady says, I think we should run this play. If you're the offensive coordinator and he's on the field and he's clearly gotten you some championships, you got to wonder like, should, I mean, why wouldn't I listen to that? He's out there. He's done it. He sees things differently than I do. I'm a new coach. I'm fucking doing what he wants to do. He's a proven winner. Hogan was that. So I see how you would rely on that. And a lot of other people, you know, want to play armchair quarterback on some of that stuff. And I get it. But to me, I'm sympathetic to Bischoff's spot there. Not because we're buddies, but because I would do the same thing. And if you're honest, you would too. Let's go back to when you first got into wrestling, Tony, and it's early Starcade days. It's Starcade 84, 85, one of those early ones. All right. And Ric Flair says, all right, Tony, here's what we're going to do. You're well, fuck. Okay. You're the top right. guy. You've done this for over a decade. You're the reason these events are going to be so successful. You've drawn all this money. 
I'm the new guy. And if this is the way you think I should do it, I'm going to do it because I don't think you're intentionally going to fuck me up. Like that's what's the motivation there. Right. Well, I go back to the very first arcade and I was in the backstage area and that's when I met dusty Rhodes, and I remember, and he was telling me about some of the things that I should do. And I'm thinking, what's he telling? I didn't even know he was a booker at that time, but I remember thinking, Man, if Dusty Rhodes talks, I'm fucking listening. Yeah. He's he's proven. He's a top guy. He's established. And if he says, hey, man, this is going to work. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm out here trying to figure it out. And if you say this is going to work, you've got the resume that makes me think I need to listen. And some of those ideas were a miss, but a lot of them were hits. Yes, they were. And Hogan did rely on what he knew and what he was comfortable with. Nobody's debating that. Right. So now the fans are looking to their left here or to our right, to their left. I don't know what they're, is there a fight in the stands or what's going on here? Are they, they're expecting all, they're, to all, run in? they're hoping that the warrior disappears. <laughs> I feel like we should mention here that they've got to be feeling regardless what anybody says, you guys had smashed for 83 consecutive weeks. And then on the very night when <clears throat> Eric Bischoff addresses the locker room and shits on Ric Flair saying, I'm going to drive him and his family into personal bankruptcy, Vince McMahon and Steve Austin headline raw. And for the first time in 83 weeks, this is week 84 here. Raw wins. That's in April. Now, fast forward. We're here in September. You had to be looking for, Hey, what's the other, what else can we do to sort of regain control? Right. You put the belt on Goldberg in July, but come August and September here, you've got to be trying to think, Hey, what else can we try? And, and the thing you're going to try is bringing in the ultimate warrior. That makes total sense to me that you're just looking for, Hey, we just need this one thing. What, what can we get? How can we get this put together? And you see the finish here. Conan gets the win with the tequila sunrise. Got to be an upset. Scott Hall was considered to be one of the tippy top guys. He gets the win here. Yeah. And the fans reacted to it also. Cause it was and, a surprise. That- I think everybody thought coming into this. Scott Hall wins. And of course they're trying to do the drunk storyline. So that's not the case. Conan gets the win. And so the, the fans pop for it. I just, I don't see where the dud is, but I, but I understand what you're saying. Now we had all these, we're looking for something. Why not bring in the ultimate warrior? Why not do something that's tried and true, which he was, he was money for Vince McMahon. So now we're setting up for war games here, Conrad. You ready? Ready or not. Here we go. I guess we should remind everybody instead of two big teams, we've got three smaller teams, three right. guys on each team. So a total of nine guys going to be in this thing. Yeah. And we've got the NWO black and white. We've got the wolf pack. And then we've got a WCW crew. Mm-hmm. And we got Michael buffer, ladies and gentlemen. 
for the millions watching around the world who will never watch a WCW pay-per-view again, let's get ready to stumble through this one. That's about right. Yes, sir. And of course, let the war games begin and the cage comes down. Of course, you know, uh, in reality, Winston-Salem and Greensboro, which was kind of the uh, uh, de facto home of Jim Crockett Promotions, being their their number one venue, uh, Winston-Salem and Greensboro are basically 30 miles apart. So you had kind of a almost the same crowd that was would come to Greensboro would come to Winston-Salem. So this was... Uh, this uh, again, this Lawrence Joel Coliseum was basically new at this time, uh, being the home of Wake Forest. And there's in the background uh, Nick Patrick, I guess, Kenny Powers. I look at that hair, man. Slick back, buddy. Absolutely slick back. Ladies and gentlemen. Let's get ready to rumble. Does Michael Buffer still do ring announcing on boxing? Uh, you know, I don't know the last time I saw him do boxing. Cause it feels like, um, uh, Jimmy Lennon jr. Does it now most of the time. Yeah, I know. It's like, uh, I guess he's retired from, it. I don't know. Notice how the pyro. On the cage. Just wonder how much. Man, our, our, did, did Eric ever tell you about the budget for pyro? No, we, ever we, have, that? we haven't talked about it. You need to talk about it. Cause that had to be astronomical. That's a pretty good look though. Don't you think? Oh, dude. I mean, listen, the little things on this are legit. It's just the actual match. That sucks. Yes. Well, of course we just had war games in major league wrestling. I don't know if that's aired yet or not. I don't think it has. Um, and, uh, we had it at the Fort Lauderdale war memorial and, uh, had some pretty good things in it. Tommy Dreamer was a part of it. Um, of course, uh, Sammy Callahan, who is, as you know, is a nut. He was in it as well. So I saw Sammy at Starcast. He's a nice guy. Yeah, yes, good kid. One of those old school appreciation type kids. Have a lot of time for Sammy. But of course the, uh, the one we had an MLW did not have a top on it, which seems to be the norm now, but I always thought the top on it made it, it made it spookier in a way. Don't you? I mean, it was different. So I always liked the top on it. You still with me over there? Yeah. I like the top on it too. Yeah, I feel like, you know, the, the three team concept is what threw me off. And I know, you know, a lot of people, you know, when I made reference to the fact that I didn't like this version of the war games, 
reference last year's NXT and said, oh, well, they had three teams too. I get it. But they had a real, they had real stakes for that one. And the cage didn't have a top on it. And they reintroduced it after it was dormant forever. This is a continuation year after year after year. And now all of a sudden everything's different. Right. And the stakes here are kind of dumb, you know, like the one for NXT, there were real rivalries between these three sort of factions. And that's not necessarily the case here, but even if it was the winner of the match gets a title shot at Halloween havoc. So when the stakes are, by the way, I have that DDP vest right there. Um, when the stakes for this, are you get a title shot? It's no longer a team thing. Now it's every man for himself. Exactly. And if I'm correct here, the man who ends up getting the title shot at Halloween havoc didn't even get his match on the pay-per-view, did he? Yeah. I mean, the, it started, I think, but then I think after the match started, it, it went off the air and you guys had to refund just shit piles of orders. Yeah. And that, to me, that says it all about us at that time. By the way, there's a few versions of DDP and I, let me just say, I like the 97, 98 DDP best of all, like just the way the the look and presentation, you know, 97, he was mostly wearing jeans and boots and the t-shirt. And then here in 98, this is the look, but he would change it as years went on. He'd get like the baggy pants, with the lightning bolt down the side and he'd trim the hair up. Everything looked different. I like this sort of. Jacksonville, Florida version of DDP. Yeah, I, I the uh, the T-shirt was a hot seller for us. Yeah, the the bang T-shirt, uh, and of course the diamond cutter, and he had the diamond cutter hands on the back of his vest. It was it was all pretty cool, man. So I guess now they're sending out one man for each team. Is that how they're doing this here now? Come on out. Yeah, we got, uh, Hey there, look, there's a WCW world or United States title, by the way, and we're going to, we're going to shit on this match, but realistically you've got arguably one of the hottest guys for WCW in 1997 and obviously 98 as well, but DDP is hot. You know, 97 sort of his breakout year. He's on his way up, way up. And you've got who a year prior to this was probably the hottest heel in the entire industry. Bret Hart. That's what you're starting with. It's a lot of talent. Yep. It is. And now he's going to step in there with Benjamin button, the referees and old sling blades going to lock them in. <laughs> got Kenny, two Kenny, referees in there. Yep. Kenny powers, Benjamin button and sling blade are your referees. You know, and, and this is another thing that's different too, because normally the referees would not be in the ring. That's right. But see, here's the other thing. Pinfall or submission count. So pins count. Of course, in previous years, it was, you had to make the other guy quit. Right. And again, I've talked to you about how I like pinfalls. How I think, you know, this surrender submission to me never did work, but. So we got two very big time, popular, well-known 
superstar wrestlers in that era, 1998, going at it here. What can go wrong, Conrad? What can go wrong? Stay tuned, my friend. Stay tuned. (laughs) Minus four stars. All right. Starting out pretty good here. Hey, I'm digging this already, man. Red Hart and Diamond Dallas Page. I'm digging it all very one, two. He can win it right now, though. And Bret Hart kicked away. Oh, my God. Did you just pass out on me? I think he did. I think Conrad has passed out on me on the floor. I'm not sure now. Into the midsection. Oh, belly to belly suplex over and a two count. Wouldn't it be something if he pinned him right there and it would just be over? Try to diamond cutter. Move out of the way. Conrad will join me in a moment here, fans. Oh, and a foot to the face. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, there you were. (laughs) Well, uh, just to let you guys know, I was, uh, I was, uh, watching the, the monitor here. And then I looked over to my left where I can see Conrad and I could just see his chair. And I'm thinking, and he's passed out on the floor, but he's arrived. I gave you some hand signals for about 30 seconds. And I thought you acknowledged them, but you may have been picking your nose. <laughs> okay. You got it. And, and right now, you know, DDP had a couple of false finishes right there. He went for the diamond cutter and, uh, and Bret Hart got away from it. And all right, so they, they they're slowing down here a little bit. How great would it have been, you know, if this is real life? If he hits the diamond cutter when it's just two guys in there, pins him, that's it. DDP won more games. <laughs> yeah, it would kind of be like uh, thinking that Ric Flair was going to show up and didn't. And thinking Goldberg was going to show up and didn't. Or it would be like you paying for five songs at Sapphire and only needing half of one. You have to pay for songs there. You don't have to. Your money's no good with me. <laughs> oh, oh God. Let me just hmm. say this. You're coming home covered in glitter. Yeah. And you're going to have to tell Lois that you've been hunting unicorns. Okay. Well, the good news is that I don't, uh, I don't land till late the very next night and she won't even see me come in. She, she doesn't pay attention to me. I'm telling you, you you're getting ready. You're going to be a newlywed in a couple of months. You're going to be a newlywed. You just don't get it unless, unless my picture is on her telephone, unless my picture's on Lois's smartphone, she won't even notice I'm in the house because she just stares at her phone all day. That's all she does. God is my witness. Right hand to God. hundred percent. She stares at her phone all day. I've been accused of that. Yeah. I mean, just last week you were saying that at Starcast, you'd be in the middle of a conversation with me. Yeah. And I'm on my phone the whole time. Yeah. But you were doing a job. You had purpose. 
So you're saying your wife is aimless? Completely. That's what I'm saying. I'm learning a lot about how to handle wives here. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Just give them something to do on their phone. Absolutely. Yow. Discus. Lariat. Look good, man. And now the countdown is over. Who's coming in? It's going to be from the, th oh my God. It's the one job guy here. It's Stevie Ray. Cause suckers got to know that somebody's got to do the J O B. <laughs> That's exactly right. Got the black Jack back on his tights. By the way, let me ask this. Did you see Michael Hayes attire at the wedding? No. You gotta, you gotta go find that. All right. Well, it, it's listen, has Michael Hayes ever worn anything cool in the last 15 years? Yes. He has. Yes. Okay. He worked cool to the wedding. It was awesome. Really? Oh, so cool. Okay. He didn't wear a purple jumpsuit and a, uh, no fanny pack. It was okay. pink, pink jumpsuit and a fanny pack. Yep. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So now here, you know what made war games great. And I think everybody would agree with me. What made war games great was two on one, but now it's kind of every man for himself here. So that takes the, the three out of war games. I mean, I, yeah, I know Stevie Ray and, uh, and Bret Hart were working together at that time. Oh, I guess they were on the same team, right? How do we yeah. work this out? Yeah, but it's every man for himself because you got a fucking title shot. So even though there are teams, there's not really, do you see the trouble? Yeah, I, I do see the trouble because a, a member of the Wolfpack should be coming out by now. Well, we don't have a member of the Wolfpack out here, do we? No. So if I'm the Wolfpack, I'm kind of pissed. Well, why though? Some people would say, oh, it means you're not getting beat up. But the other thing means, well, you don't have a chance to win either. That, that That's what I'm saying. Now we get a member of the wolf pack. It's sting. At least we think it's sting. This one's sting. Okay. You never know. With that tomato face paint of his yikes. I hated it. I did too. There's nothing cool about it, man. It just, it looked, looked like he had high blood pressure. Like, I, I don't know. Looked like a tomato and there's a nut shot, which is about the 30th nut shot we've seen in the show. I think that's uh, that we, you know, we overdid the nut shots in this era too. You overdid everything. Yeah. You know, you can, you can connect the dots, can't you? To see why we went down the shitter. You really can. All By right. By the way, uh, Meltzer would write, this was one for the record books. Minus four stars. What else did he say about it? Oh, shit on it. Where do we start? Well, since they didn't play their regular entrance music, Paige came out and got a very small pop. Although his running into the crowd did pick it up to where it wasn't embarrassing. That couldn't be said for the total non-reaction to heart. The new rules were a killer as it took away the mystique from the match of seeing a top right. guy surrender. 
and it could end before everyone got in. Although logic would tell you that wasn't going to happen. Page and Hart went five minutes, which you would think would be good, but it was actually unbelievable how dead it was during this period. Stevie Ray was in next, which meant there were two black and white guys before the Wolfpack got in. Right. Sting was in next and did the dive from one ring to the other, like he used to do in the eighties war games. But now that he's 39, Thomas caught up with him and he didn't clear the ropes. <laughs> he goes on and just continues to just shit all the way through. I don't want to spoil it, but okay. you're going to see some absolutely horrible shit here shortly. Okay. Well, here comes Piper in with his mouth agape. Word of the day, agape. Agape. <laughs> He's just, he's, he's hammering everybody, but Bret Hart had enough of it. Wow. Stevie not selling shit for him, is he? <laughs> Bite CV Ray in the ear. Yeah. Fans not responding to this at all. Conrad, you're right. Roddy Piper feels out of place in WCW to me. And I don't know why. Yeah. You know what? It's because he was way past his prime here. That's why, you know, Roddy was Roddy had one of the greatest talkers, had one of the greatest entrances, but by this time his, his work, which I don't know if it was always the greatest work in the world, but his work had, had lacked something by this time. If he had finished up at, at super brawl 97, I think it would have been a great run for him, you know, coming back, surprising Hogan after the end of Halloween havoc, 96, setting up Starcade 97, doing the rematch at, um, super brawl, the whole San Francisco deal. I think right. that would have been a great way to go out. Of course there's money on the table. So if they're throwing big money at you, you take it and good for him. But as a fan. Fall Brawl 97 would have been a good spot to end it. And if you want to stretch it out, you could have did that six man over the summer with him and Kevin Green and Ric Flair against the NWO. Next up, Lex Luger sort of taking his time, you would think. He's got a pose. Well, you got to do that, but everybody else was running in, but he's not. No. He's not in a hurry to, well, finally somebody came in to feed him that time. So, but he wasn't in a hurry at all to get to the other corner or the other ring. It is pretty crazy. When you think about all the hall of fame talent that's in here, Lex Luger, Bret Hart, Roddy Piper, Sting, DDP, Nick Patrick, Charles Robinson. And, and Stevie, Stevie Ray. Ray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, geez. Which by the way, Stevie Ray is going to be in the hall of fame with the Harlem heat. Are they going to put them in the hall of fame? Oh, not WWE, but I'm sure the Harlem heat are in hall of fames. Hall of fames. <laughs> yeah. There's a few different ones, you know, there's more there- than just the WWE. There's the. Observer one. There's the one in New York. There's the cauliflower alley thing. You know, there, I mean, there's, there's a bunch. 
There's the thing in water, a thing in Waterloo. I didn't realize that. Oh yeah. There's like half a dozen, maybe more. Really? I, I thought there were just one. No, to me, the, the most prestigious one, and people are going to fucking be mad about this. It's Dave Meltzer's. If you're in the wrestling observer hall of fame, it, that's the real hall of fame. It's done the real way where people vote, not just fans, but like in baseball, like people vote in the WWF. That's not the case. It's just, Hey, this will look good on TV. Do it. Nash, by the way, did not do the Lex Luger thing. He runs to the ring anxious to get in there. Wow. I didn't, I didn't realize there was a Dave Meltzer hall of or anyway. Good. I thought there was just one. I'm glad to hear that. There's more than one. I think you should be in several, by the way. I think it's bullshit yeah, that you're not I'm, in them. I'm going to turn down every one of them. No, you're not. Yes, I am. I'm never talking to you again. If you do it. <laughs> oh, Hollywood, Hollywood swinging now. By the way, it's not time. He's sneaking in. I remember not too long ago. I went to a theater and I saw the Hollywood Hogan show. Always wanted to be a wrestling man, to sing my songs and become a bad piano playing man. So he's sneaking in, right? That's not his turn. That's right. Well, he's early if if nothing else. Okay. Well, Sammy Callahan did the same thing and the, the MLW one recently. Can I tell you about the uh, pro wrestling hall of fame, 2018 inductees. Uh, whose hall of fame is this? The pro wrestling hall of fame, the PWHF.org. Okay. Where P- is this? Vampiro Furpo. Okay. Hero Matsuda. Oh, okay. Sting. Yeah. Jim Duggan. Okay. Eddie Graham. Ernie big cat lad. Good class. Red Bastine and Billy Red Lions. Like it. See, there you go. They're a legit 501c3 nonprofit organization in upstate New York. That's a good class, though. That is a good class. So you should, t- you should, you should do it, man. If, if you're ever given the opportunity, you should do it. Do they have an induction ceremony now? Or they just, yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. People actually come to that. Yep. By the way, 2017 had Sputnik Monroe, Mick Foley, Sean Michaels, George Napolitano, Susan Green, Larry Henning, Harley Race, Tatsumi Fujinami. Hey. 2016, big year two, you had Leilani Kai, Mean Gene, Sergeant Slaughter, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Blackjacks, Mulligan and Lanza, Peter Mavia. It fell off a cliff a little bit. They put Greg, the hammer Valentine in. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Smoke has filled war games. By the way, this is the, uh, trap door bullshit. We were talking about before where people are getting hurt, but what you're seeing in the ring right now is not the ultimate warrior. That's actually renegade, Uh but he's got the full length duster on and he's face down. They're going to fill it again. And just as fast as he was there, 
Oh, my God. Oh, this is so intriguing. This is so intriguing. He's got the coat and wait a minute, brother. He ain't there. So there's a trap door in the ring. Here he comes. <laughs> on the steps. And the fans are not buying it at all, are they? Well, I mean, you would think in, that when- in fairness, if, if you're going to, when they first brought back the warrior, they brought him back in a nitro in Connecticut. Now the warrior is in Winston Salem. Exactly. No one gives a shit. It's like when you, when Bret Hart comes out in Winston Salem, by the way, no one- it's war games and look, they're just letting motherfuckers out. That's right. <laughs> There's Bruce, the fucking barber beefcake. Holy shit. I know. Warrior just destroyed Stevie Ray with a standing clothesline that Stevie had to sell like he died. <laughs> and I know we were sort of having a little fun with Stevie Ray earlier. Yeah. But the wrestling ability between these two is off the charts. There's such a difference. Exactly. Meanwhile, is everybody else dead on the other side? They're everybody, not moving. What's everybody's going just on? taking a nap. That's what they're doing. There's an arm everybody. coming up from between the rings. <laughs> everybody's taking a nap. They are. Fuck they are. the whole crowd is. Nobody I mean, nobody's doing anything right now. Oh God. So you see Warrior trying to chase down Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. and Bruce the fucking barber beefcake, and he's just fall pacing, following them around on the inside of the cage as they're walking around the outside. Here comes the big spot. Which is comical. Okay. <laughs> I know it's coming. <laughs> so Warrior's gonna scale the cage and yeah. he decides I'm not doing this. I need Hulk Hogan. So he kicks and the very top corner gives way, but now he's got to figure out how to maneuver his body out and he's going to drop down. And when he does, bam, he just fucked up his ankle. So now he's limping along here. He's hurt bad. He starts throwing and bam, just tore a bicep. This is real. He's done two things. And while he's brawling with Hogan here, he tore a bicep and when he landed from the cage to the floor, he tweaked his, his, uh, ankle. So he had two physical spots and in both of them, he hurt himself. But thankfully Stevie Ray is in the right spot at the right time with Bret Hart and DDP. Nobody Still got the blackjack diamond cutter. Roll, Roll him over. over. And that's it. That's the finish of your war games. And the crowd goes mild. Wow. No one gives a shit and it's not anything against DDP. It's just hard to follow. You had this big schmoz thing with Hogan warrior. There probably shouldn't have been that distracted everybody. When they finally did pay attention again, it's like, okay, DDP beat Stevie Ray. Oh, is that it? Okay. I guess that's it. And that's your main event now. Halloween Havoc, Diamond Dallas Page, Bill Goldberg for the world title. 
Well, obviously what ruined this whole thing was the Hogan angle with the warrior. Everything warrior did in WCW sucked a dick. Yeah. So check out fall brawl 1998 on the network. And when you get done with that, go dig up the archives and watch Halloween havoc, 1998, which has the worst match ever minus five stars. This was only minus four stars. It can get worse. And it would one month later in Las Vegas. Hogan warrior. Crazy to think uh, about. Well, so, so it's, it's very apparent that Hogan warrior helped dig us in a hole that we couldn't get dig, uh, dig out of. No, I don't think we, that's right. I think you guys were already in a hole. Well, yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Business is, is booming, but the WWF is winning here. And I think it, you've already started to head down that direction, but you hit the panic button thinking you could bring warrior in and sort of turn things around and pull the nose up. So to speak, that does not happen. Instead, it just goes further and further down, which is what you're going to do at Sapphire next week. But Tony, on that note, when I look at my clock, I can't help, but feel like it's about that time. In our main event coming up is the war games, 2018 in one quarter. It's going to be Conrad Thompson, Dave Silva, Dave Hancock, and Jay-Z with his white glasses in the other quarter, Hulk Hogan teaming up with Rowdy Roddy Piper and the ghost of the ultimate warrior, the ultimate warrior, making his way to the ring in war games. He'll be the first participant. And also in the ring is Conrad Thompson. Conrad bends over. Smoke comes bellowing out his ass. It covers up the ring. Also falling out of Conrad's ass is Jay-Z. It looks like we're out of time. We are out of time. We'll see you next week. You're listening to What Happened When, coming your way on the MLW Radio Network, as well as our good friends on Patron. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hi, all. This is, uh, well... You can call me Frog. Frog here, here to tell you to visit my friends Conrad and Tony over at patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. They have all sorts of exclusive content, including behind the scenes videos from the Shivani Kingdom. You also can get the podcast on Monday, which is better than the normal drop day of Wednesday. Okay, let's see here. And my LoisRules.com. All you in on a secret. She's more terrifying than Piggy. Now, that's saying something if you ask me. I know you're paying, Tony. Anyway, LoisRules.com, one of the hottest selling sites on ProWrestlingTees.com, where you can find all of your What Happening When t-shirts to show your support for Tony Shavai. Also, BuyBoxOfGimmicks.com, with all sorts of merchandising that you can get tailored to your favorite podcasts, led by promoter of the year himself, Conrad Thompson. Yay! That's right. Show your support of what happened when, something to wrestle with, in 83 weeks by heading over to boxagimmicks.com. Slap di- Wait, what? I- uh, Guys, I- I don't think I can say that. It's in my contract. I- uh, Sorry, I- I- I mean... I, I can't, it's- It's not a word I'm- I'm really used to saying. I- I mean, I guess I could try. Alright, um, well... Be sure to tune in to Slap Dick Theater. Oh, well, well, that wasn't so bad. Screw it. More episodes of Slap Dick Theater with Kill and Doom. It's coming to Patreon this fall. Yay! 
What Happened When is going on the road. You can catch Tony and Conrad in Charlotte, North Carolina, live at the Comedy Zone, Sunday, November 11th at 3 p.m. Tickets are available at TomZinc.com. And Get Ready Nashville! What Happening When is live from Sammy's Comedy Club on Sunday, December 16th. Get your tickets today over at LowKeyBigHog.com.